Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good afternoon slash evening slash morning. Welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins. And my name is Jonathan Valenzuela. Rude to not, uh, you know, greet people in every way Indeed. they could possibly be greeted. Whenever they happen to be listening to this podcast, if you're in a timeless void, hello. <laughs> you know, I did a survey last year and the bulk of our listeners are in a timeless oh. void. So, shame on me. Yeah. Uh, this is a podcast all about small games. And by small games, we mean indie games. Um, it's the first uh, episode of all the small games we've recorded in 2019. Yes. Uh, we've skipped December because December was a fucked month. Yes, indeed. Hashtag fucked month. Yeah. Also, uh, I would play an indie game called fucked month. Oh, that would be great. I don't know what would happen in it. Like if it, would, if it was like literal. It sounds like a, like a stress management <laughs> you simulator. You month to get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, you could probably make a pretty decent like stress management simulator for the festive season. Mm. Like, just kind of starts on December first. You need to manage your time, your money. You need to do your Christmas shopping. You need to get your Christmas lunch ready. All that kind of thing. And the template of the game is like an advent calendar. And so every oh. day you open up the advent calendar, and it's like this insane checklist of shit you have to do. Yeah, there's some new ins- like horrible thing you need to take care of. Like your aunts in an old person's home get them to this place and like oh yeah this has legs dinner with your racist cousins if we have any devs listening to us holler at us we're prepared to uh let's make fucked month real yeah. <laughs> um so uh this episode is going to be uh mostly about our favorite games of 2018 our favorite indie games it is the got it is the sgoty episode so i just did a um a best of 2018 very general um complete mess of a of best of 2018 episode at hey fam um my other podcast with angus truscott that went up uh, yesterday and uh i wanted to talk about games at length it's particularly indie games because i play a fucking ton of them and yeah I, I i you know was like let's do a best of you're like can we do top five and i was like it's gotta be top 10 it's gotta be yeah that's too we many. played that many like i i, I went through uh um, and, and like actually like put it on my on my twitter uh, on, all uh, yeah, all the Let, games you you finished, all the games I finished, and, and then I also yeah. put all the games that I started but haven't finished, mm. which is almost double the amount of like, and it's like forty games that I started and finished last year. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's like eighty something yeah. games that I haven't finished yet. And then I actually was going to do a third tier, which is games that I bought or got codes to. Yeah, and that didn't even open. Yeah, which is that's that's a sad tier, really. Yeah. Um, all, t- all tears are sad. True. When you, when you spell it the right way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, w- I was very, very keen to do uh, a top 10. Yeah, and, totally. And kind of count, I, count it down, descending order from uh, from 10 to 1, back to back with you. Yeah. And we, we have not compared our lists. So, this is this is going to be a surprise for both of us, what, so, we've, what we've nominated. So, we'll start our countdown um, once we go through all the games that we have been playing in the last month. Awesome. As we, as we start every episode. Before we do that... Um, I want you to try and guess my number one game, and I'll guess your number one game. Um, uh, your number one game. My guess for you is Donut County. Okay. 
and I'll uh, find out later in the episode. My guess for you is Celeste. Okay, there we all go. Right, all Interesting right. stuff. We've got, we've got numbers on the board now. Um, so let's talk about um, what we talk about at the start of every episode of All the Small Games, and that is all of the indie games that we've been playing in the last month. Um, it's been a very um, hashtag fucked month for oh. me this last month. Oh, um, of course. Just, uh, it's the busiest time of year for me in terms of DJing and uh, all the other dumb things I have to do, like families. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, hashtag fucked. My wife is not on holidays, so I can't pretend I'm doing work <laughs> and actually stay at home playing indie games all day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got... Um, I've still got quite a, a sizable list of, of games that I got through in the, in the, in the last yeah. month. Um, but I know a game that both of us uh, played and finished in the last month is a game that was published by one of the names that we... Uh, <laughs> my wife just texted me, lol. Hi, <laughs> 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 Um I'm extremely productive when she's on school holidays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, a name that we say a lot on the podcast is Devolver Digital. Yep. Uh, and uh, they published a game called Greece. Greece, yeah. Greece, Greece, I think, Greece, and it's Greece, Greece, yeah. It's uh, it's Spanish for Grey, Silent S. I don't know. It's Spanish for Grey, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a game that was uh, developed by Nomada Studio. Yep. Out of um, Barcelona. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and published by Devolver. Uh, and uh, it is a, uh, I guess I, I, I compared it. I was de- I described it as a cross of like an inside limbo-like kind of game with a little bit of journey sprinkled in there. Yeah, I mean, the it's definitely got that, that platform element. You would find it inside. There's almost, I was thinking about it, there's almost a sprinkling, Ooh, a sprinkling. of Metroidvania. Like, because you, you acquire powers and they allow you to continue, but it lacks that sort of returning back to various places to use those powers to unlock areas you've been through i should have said a 2019 challenge to not try, to not not say the word metroidvania i, I reckon I could, last, I could probably last like maybe three days sure <laughs> just in your sleep like, oh metroidvania but yeah it is this platformer where you are um you awaken in a very gray world you are a, a woman who uh, is kind of like slowly walking uh it it was a, through a fucked up uh yeah an almost yeah a, gr- a completely gray environment you you're wearing a, a black or very dark gray dress you're walking through a very gray environment um it starts with you your character kind of cupped in the hand of a giant woman statue which crumbles and falls apart and then you land on the ground and have to limp for the first while and that gave me flashbacks to planet alpha me too yeah i was, I was like, like no. oh god <laughs> um but then you start running and it it becomes a pretty uh, brisk platformer yeah fairly yeah, brisk yeah. Um, it's not really a challenging platformer at all. It's, it's about basically like you basically want to unlock all of the colors and each color is linked to yeah. power-ups that you get throughout the game too that allow you to traverse the environment in different ways. You, you traverse the environment to find stars, I guess. I call them stars because they wind up in the sky yep. eventually. Yeah, they've got constellations, so yeah. definitely stars. Um, but yeah, so you sort of... You, the gameplay loop is you explore these these landscapes to find these stars bring them back to get a power up that then kind of helps you move to the next area so i think the first power up you get is you you can jump in the you jump in the air hit x or something and your character kind of turns sideways and her dress turns into a block and the block is heavy and you can use it to punch through broken ground kind of thing yeah so so that leads you on to your next area it's like a butt stomp kind of yeah mario's butt stomp except you turn into a physical thing a far more elegant butt stomp sure um, as elegant as turning into a cube and yeah. smashing into the ground yeah. can be. 
Uh, I, I appreciate that that was the first. Because like, normally you get like a double jump as your mm. or a wall climb as your first power up that you unlock. Um, yeah. And I appreciated that it was a, it was a very different kind of first unlock in terms yeah. of power. I found you, it, you're right that it's not very taxing in terms of the platformer element of it, but I found that my greatest difficulty was working out where to go. Like I, I it's it's not as full blown as Planet Alpha was to bring up that comparison again, but there were times where it's because it's such a gorgeous like gorgeous art you're moving through. The more often than not, I'm like. Okay, is can I move through there? And what am what am I supposed to do? Where am I going now? What's happening now? Kind of thing. And I eventually, like with experimentation, I, I figured out. Oh, okay, I got to do this. Got to do that. But yeah, there was one point that I was very stuck during one of the swimming sections where you were <gasps> swimming same, through extremely. Yeah. It's really dark, so it's actually was terrible to play handheld. Yeah, because um, any light reflecting off your screen just made it even more difficult to get through the level. But I'm swimming through my face. <laughs> I hate that when, you, yeah. when you're like like having the best time playing a game and then you suddenly get a reflection of what you look like while you're playing. Like, oh, God. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so play, playing playing Greece, I, I think I went through this like section of tunnels and uh, actually then you and I went to see, went to see Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, and then I turned it back on like a couple of days later because, you know, you can just enter save state mode sure. on, on, on Nintendo and on Switch, sorry, and, uh, and then reopen it and continue playing. Love it. But I ended up having to like backtrack and I went the wrong way and I did this section that was just essentially like me kind of like pushing one stick as I couldn't see anything. Right, yeah. Because it was just so dark. Yeah, yeah. I remember that part. But I, then, yeah. I had one part where um, it's like I'm walking along and the camera kind of pulls back to reveal this giant sort of falling apart, massive like cathedral-like structure. And I'm like, oh shit, that looks amazing. Okay, I'm going to explore that. I'm just going to nick to the right real quick to see what happened. Oh, I've fallen down a hole. <laughs> I was like, but am, am I supposed to go through the cathedral? What the hell's like? And that was, I think, the start of the water kind of level. Mm. But I was like, am I missing out on something huge here? Is there like, what's going on? So it doesn't really tell you much uh, in terms of like what you're... Like objectives are sure, um, and there there are some collectibles throughout the game and some tasks that you need to do, but it's pretty obtuse. Um, it's very there's a lot of there's there are a lot of things in the game that I I still don't know what they were for. Like mm. there's there were those little kind of circles that you jump up and then three little dots appear above it, and I'm like, is this a save point? Is this? I think you know, you more came as you found more things. I don't know. It's yeah. There's um, it's very it's very light on details there's definitely depth there if you want to explore it i think this is best enjoyed as a game that you just tear through one afternoon it i it was only at the end of the game the very last section where it twigged to me what the rest of the game was about all right so you started to tell me this the other day yeah um do you consider this a spoiler it is it more there's nothing to spoil really it's more what the theme of the game is sure Look, if you if you want to work out what the theme is yourself, skip forward maybe five minutes or so or something. As we as we, as we go into the the, the dark depths yeah. of what this game might be about, yeah, well, this I, vague I, vague platform I might actually be about. I felt really smart. I'm like, oh, I figured it out. And then I googled what I thought it was, and was like, oh, heaps of people figured this out. And I'm fine. But it was in in the very last level. You're running through you like the one where you're kind of climbing back up to the statue sort of thing. You go through a mausoleum, and if you stop and hold A, I think it is, which causes it to sing and causes plants to bloom. Yeah, yeah. Um, You do that in the mausoleum, and the mausoleum bursts to life with plants and flowers and whatnot, and then a little pop-up says stage five acceptance. And that was when I was like, 
oh shit, the whole thing's about the grieving process. Like, and I bet if if you went back and looked at kind of the colors and the the you know the the order in which the colors appear, I feel like it would match up with because there's five stages. There's like anger, denial, bargaining, oh, something right. other, and then finally acceptance, and that that matches up with at the end when she like she accepts the loss of whoever she's mourning and that allows her to ascend and get away from the grief and the black monsters that chase you throughout are the sadness that's trying to keep you in the grieving process sure and when like because i i felt i'm i'm very much into narratives in games and because the narratives were so vague there were a couple of points where i'm like should i just flip to something else and play that for a while but i'm really glad i persevered because when i got to that point and realized what the rest of it was it was definitely a moment of like oh actually yeah that's a really this had some really beautiful kind of visual metaphors and like yeah whereas i'm the complete opposite i'm i I want the gameplay yeah i want i want to get transfixed by by the gameplay and i was for for a great deal of this game Mm -hmm. Um, especially um moments where you're being chased yeah that, that, that was on my highlights of the game I, I found though the chase scenes weren't they weren't very like half the time they were just cut scenes basically you had very little control there's but one yeah right. they were great to look I at I still felt like I was moving yeah moving. of course yeah. of course um, the was, eel one in particular yeah, the that eel was, was my favourite yeah um, but uh, there's you know there's been a lot of games that have explored um, grief or uh, like mental health yeah, sure. lately and as some well, someone that is just a, a very, I mean, you know me pretty well. I'm a happy go lucky. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just kind of go like, oh, this isn't really talking about something that I know much about. Like, sure. so when you were like, "What's your take on it?" I'm, mine's just like depression. I guess <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sadness. <laughs> um, no, it was like, like I said, not not a lot of story, but when it coalesced at the end, it 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 felt a lot more robust to me for sure. Um, an obvious comparison with trying to tell a heavy kind of having having a heavy theme like that in in a platform obviously is, is, yeah. is Celeste, which I think is, is is a great thing for someone like myself to play uh, because it describes in great detail what it's like to have anxiety in, sure. in a way that lots of people that are close to me who have anxiety haven't been able to communicate. Of course, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't 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 play Greece expecting to to get that same level of understanding of, of the grieving process. <laughs> Every time you say the name of it, my brain goes, "Is the word?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not Greece though. It is it is Greece. Greece. Greece okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I, I don't know if we've gone as deep into this as I was intending to, but fuck, it's beautiful. Yeah. Sorry, oh we my forgot, yeah. god, it's a beautiful game. It's so fl- and like the the cartooning is is so so fluid. Yeah. The motion's really fluid. Yeah. The, and then as you add when as color gets added to your oh, world, when, it's like watercolors and oh, the every every color that gets added is just this eye-tearingly gorgeous cutscene. Um, yep. where like the camera will pull back and the new color will wash across the world and oh that in itself is reason to play this game. Yeah. I wish that the soundtrack was more memorable. Yeah, the 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 couple of times where I had sound going on, it was just kind of I think it's it's a, the the final bit was nice, yeah. I think, when it was a bit more vocal, but most most of what I remember is like, oh, drones. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, uh definitely I'd say this is a definite cop and play. Yeah, and yeah. And, it, and it it does besides the moments that I couldn't see what I was doing, it is a great handheld switch yeah. game too. Yeah. I think it's available. Uh, where else is it? It's on uh, Switch, oh, uh, Mac, and Windows. Cool. Uh, and it came out in December. And these are the game, other games that we played in December. John, what do you got? Um, 
What have I got? Uh, another game that you and I have played. I don't know if you finished this one. You like, can say Guacamelee 2. Guacamelee 2. One of the great shames of the year. You haven't finished it. Well, oh. I started it on PS4. Then they announced the Switch version when I was like halfway through it. And sure. I was like, no, no, I'll... I've done um, a double I'll, back. I've, I, and I still got it for yeah. Switch. But I was like, oh, I don't want to start it again. I'll just play it on PS4. But then the small amount of time I had last year sure. to play PS4, I was like, oh, I better play Red Dead. Right, of you course. started, but quick aside to a to a, to a the complete opposite of a small game, <laughs> one of the biggest games of all time. Sure, how far into it did you get? I'm still in. Uh, what's the the just second, go by chapters? The, chapter the second, two, chapter two. Yeah, yeah. right. Sure. Um, and I'm. It's it's funny. I like. I came to Red Dead Redemption two. I asked my wife for it for Christmas, and. When it, I did that last year with Far Cry 5 as well and then realized, like, oh, I have no time to really play on my Xbox. Um, and it's super weird coming to a game like Red Dead Redemption after a solid nine months of playing indie games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird to go... And if anything, it, it really reaffirmed why I love indies so much. The focus. Just, yeah, like... Yeah. Like, where Ed's like, hey, do whatever you want now. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. that's why I play games, to escape this decision-making. <laughs> but even but even in that do whatever you want, it still breaks down to ride your horse somewhere and shoot something. Sure. And so with an indie game, it's as simple as that as well. It's jump across platforms, achieve something. But an indie game is 8 to 12 hours, tells you a great story, and then it's done. Looking at 40 to 50 hours, I'm just like, oh, God. Oh fuck! This is this is basically a job. It is something that I do plan to finish by the end of the year. Oh, of yep. course, I will. I will play it through to the end because I hear the story is great, and there is a lot that I like about it. I love all the little things, like I love the little incidental events that you run into as you yeah, go yeah, around. Definitely. But yep. th- I have a lot of hot takes about it that don't matter here because this is not all the big games. Save it for all the big games. This is not ATBG. That is never going to exist. Yeah, this is well, it does exist. There's like fucking nine hundred of them, but it will never exist with us doing it. Um, Guacamelee 2 uh, I played Guacamelee 1 through to completion this year Because it came out on the Switch uh-huh. And then when Guacamelee 2 landed Super excited to jump in And it lived up to what I was hoping Yeah, what I've played of it I think I enjoyed more than the first game In terms of it's, gameplay It's so much It's so much tighter yep. It's so much like Because I remember with the first game Long periods of being like Give me Like I'm passing all these things Because it's uh, the M word um, Metroid. Oh my god! Yeah. I thought I thought you said the N word. Yeah, no, it's it's a Metroidvania. Excited, settle um, down, PewDiePie. Yeah, it's it's a Mextroidvania, I should say. Oh yeah, um, true. Because it's all that you are. You're a Lucha Libre uh, yeah. Mexican wrestler. Um, back again, Juan. Back again. Uh, and, um, and this is all about traveling through the Mexiverse, which, yeah. which gives uh, the the game makers, Drinkbox Studios, lots of opportunities to do fun riffs on. Uh, different uh you know video games including indie games yeah, there's, a, there's a kind of fun Did you, joke about limbo at the start i don't oh yeah that was fantastic um i don't know if you found there's a couple of secret areas i don't know if you have found them based on how much you played <clears throat> but there's one area that's a turn-based rpg oh really and then there's another area that's just them very sarcastically reacting to how people reacted to all the memes in the first game <laughs> so look for them they're really great great but um yeah, I found with the first one, I I just spent ages going, give me my new power, please. I want I want my next kind of like, I've passed all this stuff that I can't access. Let me go back and do it. In this, in Guacamelee 2, it feels like you get them all. You get all your powers again really quickly. 
and so you're just firing all cylinders straight off the back kind of thing and then they've taken because in the first game you could turn into a chicken in this second game you've still got that power but they have expanded being a it's chicken it's so much fun so being much. a chicken like because normally it was like you just in the first game you become a chicken and that you just you there's like it's very just, li- limited platform forming where you just are a smaller character purely traversal yeah, and like this is like they're giving you so many insane chicken power-up moves. Yeah. To the point where now I think I have to... Enough time has passed that I have to restart the game yeah. to re-immerse myself in the in the controls. But even the great the thing chicken is... Controls. The, the, <laughs> the chicken controls. The chicken controls. But the great thing is they fold those chicken controls into <laughs> the regular combat. Yep. So, like, you know how they, they carry on a lot of the gameplay mechanics where you'll have an enemy surrounded by a particular color and you need to perform a special move to break that shield and attack yeah, the yeah, enemy. Of yeah, yeah. So they fold in both the human and the chicken moves into the same kind of combat situations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's entertaining that the, the story is great. Um, the, the Mexiverse element, I think adds a really cool yeah, kind a of twist of to the story. Um, great, great cathartic kind of ending. I won't spoil anything because you, you're not close to it, but Real like fist pumping ending. Oh, at that's the end great! Kind awesome. Do the, the, the bosses like ramp up in difficulty like they did in the first game? Yeah, they do. A um, lot of lot of kind of. Um, I think as you go, they start to combine a lot more sort of um, traversal and combat at the same time. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of like bouncing around the level to get away from them and then attacking, attacking, attacking. There is also the whole chicken thing. There's like a chicken Illuminati kind of subplot going on. Yep. And so they have a thing where it's like they've in their secret hideout, there's some giant door and you need to connect, collect all these pieces of a key. Yep, I started on that. Start yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. So all the key, there's like seven, all the key pieces are like really, really difficult levels for you to do. Did you do them all? I haven't done them all. I did a couple of them and there are, some of those are great because yep. it's like... A lot of it is focused on the powers you have as a chicken and those powers can be used for traversal as well as combat. Um, But then I came up against one where it's like, you know, there are those floating enemies that count down. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they explode if you don't get there in time. There's like a like the level is you basically attacking your way through a series of them with like celeste level platforming needed and i just i did a few tries of that and was like i'd finished the game at that point and i was like no nah. <laughs> i don't i yeah. don't care what's behind the door i'll you that was I'll, like me with, google it with some of those final collectibles in the messenger i had like three left all oh, right and they were just i was just like fuck this yeah like, i could literally play an entire game in the time it's taking me to try and get this one sure. collectible sure <laughs> um but yeah Gu- guacamole 2 is awesome Love it. Keen to see see if uh, either of these games pop up on your top 10. Yeah. Um, So uh, another new game uh, that came out... um, Actually, like the start of December was insane because Super Smash Brothers came out. Sure. In the same week that the Katamari port came out. Um, We had uh, uh, Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. Uh, But a game that uh, I was super excited to play uh, is a game that's uh, been developed by uh, a Perth developer. Oh, okay. And, oh. and it's called Desert Child. Yes. I know this is a game that, that you've been playing um, a bit of as well. It's been developed by Oscar Britton. Shout out to Oscar Britton. Shout out to Oscar Britton. Um, and published by um, Akupura Games. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, Desert Child is... Uh, actually, the, the the description of it is is great. It's Because it's like it's, it's a like a racing... It's like a cyberpunk racing game. But, yeah. But then it's also like a... Um, it's a it's a life simulator. You've Pretty got, much, yeah. It's about 
it's basically it's a, it's it's a you you play someone who races in this like you know futuristic kind of hover bike vehicle yeah um and uh you start off start out on earth or the moon i think is it earth maybe it's the, the moon. moon yeah uh and uh your aim is to get off the moon sure and explore the rest of the solar system yeah um and race there so you basically like you you have to kind of enter different races um and, and, and win money through racing, or you mm. can do jobs for various characters in this um, in this weird world that you exist in. Um, and then you also have to like repair your bike if it ever gets fucked up, which it does constantly while yeah. racing. Uh, and also, you, you have to Mate, eat hunger, eat, yeah, eat ramen when you get hungry. Or um, even as you as you move on to new worlds, new food options. Hey, no food spoilers for our listeners. Oh, all right, crap. That's sorry, why the, guys. That's why these people are playing this game. But the most incredible thing about this game is that it looks it's the unlike chicken controls. <laughs> it looks unlike any other game. Yeah. I've played. Like it, obviously, it, it's very reminiscent of like a like nineties, early thousands adventure game. Sure. When they yeah. were kind of ex- experimenting with polygonal kind of uh, areas, but in a two D. Environment, like, yeah, yeah, it's very, very flat color. Yeah, very, very flat colored, like pixelated but detailed. I'd almost say think of like a cutscene in a game like Another World or exactly. Out, yeah, out yeah. of This World or something yeah. like that. Like very, very two D, very, very kind of bright color, flat color sort of thing. So yeah, in, in each like you kind of your resting spot is like you know by your bike has you know your bike is like smoldering and and you're yeah. sitting kind of staying next to it and you have like a a, a to do list. Mm. And it's like, you know, you've got to get this much money to get off the planet that you're on at the time. You're always trying to get more money. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, then it's like, like the, the, the first area you're in is quite limited in terms of places you can go it's, and things you can do. It's literally one street with four shops on it. And then when you go to Mars, which is the next place you go to, it's just enormous. There's all these different streets that you can come out from different angles. And the, yeah. the camera watches you from different angles. That's- and it's... That's one of my like. I love the camera work in this game. Like as you move, it's so clever and simple. And yeah, like it's just- Mars, Mars, the first, the area where your bike is, where you always start after doing a race or performing any jobs, is just a simple kind of. You scroll back and forth to the side, but when you go to like the bean market, it goes to top down. Yeah, and so you see your character wandering from top down, and then there's another road you take off from that first area where you're. It's just looking at your feet. Yeah, and your feet just walk along the pavement, and you know. I I I was on the first the first bit the moon or whatever it was moon earth I think it might be earth because in the second one when you arrive there it goes like hey you can't get as many earth parts here you're gonna have to buy them rather than just get given them like okay maybe it's earth you start on but earth I got kind of frustrated because I'm not great at the gameplay and so it it was a struggle to get to the five hundred dollars you need to leave that first well, area. It kind of tricks you into thinking that this is a racing game predominantly, but mm. I think as I play more of it, it's it's a lot more of the life life sim stuff, kind of the thing. life sim stuff. The the they're the trying to get money and and and, and like doing weird jobs for criminals yeah. and, and like just trying to delivering, hot- delivering pizzas delivering pizza yeah totally love and, the delivering pizzas one um, but yeah the, the racing itself it's like you know it's extremely simple arcade racing yeah um, you, you have a weapon you have a boost button and yeah. you know you're just kind of avoiding trees and, and trying to shoot TVs that are yeah. floating and then you can also like you can collect bounties as well like yeah, hunt, yeah I've, d- I've done a bounty one that was it's, good it's, but I think I, I think I can see this turning people away when if, if they think if they do a few races and like oh is that it and yeah. it's, it's so much more yeah. Yeah, deeper than that because it's it's about because I exploring I, the world. And, I struggle yeah. with that that first area, but the moment I got to Mars and wandered around and went like, "Oh fuck, this is huge!" and yeah. there's so much shit to explore, and there's you know like 
just I went like, oh wow, this is this has just bloomed into something I didn't think it was going to, and it's fantastic. It's it's really great. I'm, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be that sold on the actual racing element of it. But since there are so many other jobs you can do, that takes the pressure off that somewhat. Yeah, because I've sure. never gotten above like a D grade when I've done a race. Because the oh really? Yeah. Because it's Man, based on like yeah, I know. <laughs> it's based on like how many TVs you shoot and a couple of other things, I think. But um, soundtrack's great. Love, yeah. love the music in it. Mega Ran has some tracks. There's even like record stores that you can visit in the um, overworld where yep. you can um, like you can buy music, mm-hmm. um, which I then think you can have playing when you when you yeah. do certain races. Um, and I, I confirmed with the developer that one of the one of the record covers features a. Uh, uh, a Peter, Mr. Potato Head with Peter Dutton's face photoshopped on it. Peter Dutton, of course, John's favorite uh, political figure in How Australia. Fucking dare you! <laughs> um, don't even joke about that. Yeah, that's really true. Sorry, but um, yeah, it's and it's it's uh, it's the one area I get really patriotic. It's so great that this was done by an Australian. I'm hey, man, so happy that it was. It, it, we we have gotten we we had the opportunity to shout out so many great Australian games this year. Yeah. And I'm I'm so proud of how many of them are going to be on now on our ten, top ten list. I think yeah, too. top ten and honorable mentions. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, I, I definitely like honestly of all the games we've talked about so far, I think Desert Child, probably my favorite game that I played last month. And if I was able to play more of it at this point, I'm like almost off Mars. Sure. Okay. Um, it's ten ten thousand to enter the Grand Prix. Which I looked at that and looked at my bank account, which was like six hundred bucks, and I was like, "Whew, I've yeah, got a, I've I'm, got a task ahead of me." I have like nine, eight or nine, sure, thousand. You know, um, there's and there's a bunch of stuff like there's that dodgy guy in the nightlife district that's like hack a bank, throw yeah, yeah. a race kind of thing. Like, but then I, if you if you do too many, you have to lay low after doing yeah. too many crimes for oh, him because right. yeah, yeah, he, he hates on you. Um, I also one one other thing I mentioned. I think if you go way back into our podcast history. It's something I mentioned about golf story as well as the little the little touches that that make it really Australian. Oh yeah. Like- so like one of the in one of the kind of screens on Mars, there's like a giant rocket booster that's clearly been abandoned, and someone's graffitied on the top, "Bring back Tim Tams" <laughs> in like a space where leaving rocket shuttles would yeah, get yeah, to see great. it, and like little just little hints like Tim Tams s- are a biscuit. Yes, chocolate. Um, An overrated Australian chocolate biscuit. They've, they're international now. Every everybody around the world knows. Yeah, what I, I reckon. Yeah, it's like Vegemite then Tim Tams. Yeah, because yeah. so many Australian travelers are like, oh, I mean, you've got to get a fucking Tim Tam. Got to try oh, just a, Tim a fucking Tam. Tim Tam. But there's even stuff like like. What I like be- to do is get a coffee and then bite in either end of the Tim Tam and then drink the coffee through the Tim Tam. Tim Tam Slim. I love Australia. Um, but like, you get bounties from Centrelink. On on yeah, Centrelink yeah. Bridge, like just little little things like that. I'm just like, oh, I love this. this yeah, is yeah, great. You, yeah. You visit Centrelink, to, and this, I was like, oh fuck, I might have to like apply for like yeah, to, to get money from the government. The but no, there's like a um uh, a notice board, and yeah. that's where you find like bounties, bounties, and various jo- other jobs. jobs you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, it's such a fucking good game. It's great. It's so it's, cool. It's so unique. It's a game that I can see doing really well if they ever bring it to iOS or or mobile. I don't know how that you would control it, but... Uh, the, the racing will get difficult, although really it's just swipe up and down to move, one button for shoot, one button for boost. Yeah, yeah. Boom, done. We did it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Podcast over. Fuck forever. Month. <laughs> fuck month too. Hashtag fuck month. Um, yeah, no, I, I highly recommend... I think it's like... And it's 
20 it's below 20 bucks definitely it's 20 or below like yeah i played i I played a like i put fucking 40 hours into smash brothers i I said i had so much trouble playing games i've had so much trouble playing games that weren't smash brothers at the end of last year um and uh desert child was a, a really fun refreshing little break that i wish i had more more time to sink into uh, before Christmas. Yeah. But uh, certainly we'll be able to do that uh, in the next few weeks. Maybe yeah. I'll try and finish it by the, by the time we record again. And all y'all should do that too. Definitely. Sink some time into Desert Child. It's real good. Um, what else you got on your list, John? Um, let me just double check. Should not let my phone turn off. Discussed Greece. Um, Bad North. Yo, this is a game that came out like uh, it was. It was in that Nindies like, Direct, um, yeah, like, like fucking June or whatever. Yeah, way, way, way ago. It's like a, a it's a real time strategy game, but a roguelike real time strategy game. Yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely a roguelike element to it. So basically, you because it's randomly gener- procedurally generated. Right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's it, it's not procedural generated stuff. Grew to annoy me because it's like just fucking work out level design for your games mm-hmm. for Christ's sake um, so basically you play a Viking a Viking civilization that needs to defend islands against attackers and you're trying to essentially recapture all these islands these islands are very small um, you start with two different commanders yep. and each commander has a squad of nine units um, there are buildings on each island and as you, when you save the buildings, you get coins for those buildings that then you can, you can use to buy upgrades. There are three different um, unit kind of pods you can choose. You can choose archers, lances, or knights with shields and swords. Um, the gameplay is... It's a real-time strategy game, but it strips real-time strategy down to its absolute kind of minimalist to a minimalist level. There's no um, base building. There's no resource management. It's purely just attackers sail into these islands from various directions and you direct your your groups. Okay, go there. As they land, you'll immediately begin defending against them. Oh, shit, there's another one coming from the other side of the island. So you need to, like, as you as you move on and you start going up against more enemies and harder enemies, it becomes kind of like... You need to manage your resources and go like, okay, they need to go there. The moment they're done attacking, they need to run over to this side. I've lost too many people because each each unit consists of nine soldiers. If you lose enough, you can send them into one of the buildings on the island to heal, but that takes them off the battlefield for a while. So it just becomes this like plate-spinning juggling kind of effort. Um, it It is... It's cool and it's a very interesting idea, but I ran up against the problem of, oh, there's no narrative. <laughs> right. Which is, for me, is the problem. I don't know if it'll be a problem for you. Probably won't be. But it, it, it does, like, it does start to get a bit samey the more islands you get into. Right. Like, you can, you can get various upgrades that improve your troops' combat abilities and get special abilities, like throwing bombs or using warhammers to make a big kind of hit on one area, which I think I used once. But I, I got through, like... 10, 12, I think I got like 30% through the game before I, I, you know, lost all my units, which kicks you right back to the beginning again. And after that happened, I sort of went like, huh, um, I, I don't know if I want to climb this ladder again, sort of thing. Like, it, it didn't, it didn't, because there's not that narrative thing, it didn't hook me. Again, might not be a problem for you, but for me, I was just like... That sounds, that sounds like a roguelike kind of element, though, like, you know, knocking you back down to the start and you have to climb yeah. up again. Um, but kind of like yeah, I was just sort of give me give me a reason to reach for the end essentially, 
Like they do Tell me a love story A game that I think We will discuss In a little bit Into the breach I was just about to Does yeah. that kind of Well enough Like there there, are, You know There's enough kind of Story elements Thrown in your face That you're like Yeah I'll keep fighting For humanity This sure. I was just like Oh it's the Eighth island The enemies are a little bit Harder and I have Another commander That I can use Right okay cool. sure Yay This is not like I, I don't want to I don't want it to seem Like I'm pissing on this game For people who like Real kind of strategy Sort of stuff um, I'm sure you'll have a great time with it. I just, for me, it just felt a little cold. So it's been developed by a Swedish studio called Plausible Concept yep. and published by Raw Fury, who do a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll just quickly talk about Into the Breach very quickly, um, uh, a game that I knew I needed to play a little bit of. Unfortunately, I didn't get to play the full amount that I wanted to. Sure. Uh, I could see this essentially becoming one of my favorite games of last year, um, but uh, I was only able to play like the first like island yeah exactly yeah. there's a few different challenges but yeah it is a uh, um a turn-based strategy game um that you uh described as cool chess oh it's with with a k with two k's oh wow yeah. cool chess cool chess <laughs> um and it is it's cool chess um it's basically like you you play you, you basically control a bunch of mechs uh killing bugs yeah uh, before they kill humanity yeah um and you are awarded points based on like you know how many uh, how how many how much damage the bugs do? Yeah. How many of your unit remains at the end of each uh, match? And you'll have there'll be objectives for each area. So like save the save the power plant. Yeah, and you do that. You might get power, or you might get an upgrade point, or something like that. And similar to Bad North, they've definitely stripped down the kind of turn based strategy stuff. Sure, to it, to like you know, it, it's a it's a very simple game to understand. Yeah. Um. Uh. And it, but it's a very simple. It's a very it's very simple to fuck up as well and be like god damn it but there is a like start your turn again or take back turns so yeah. you know you can kind of once things start to go awry you can turn 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 back time pretty easily yeah i think it's i think it's simple on the surface but there is huge amounts of complexity to unpack um i i gushed about it like three or four episodes ago i think and it's just because the they'll they'll show you what the monsters moves are going to make at the start of your turn mm-hmm. so you can then use your turn to um counteract those moves and you might have you might have a mech that damages them so you can try kill them but there are mechs where it does no damage you just move the bugs around so you might move a bug into the path of another bug that will you know that will then damage that bug etc etc like it becomes this great kind of the more you get into it the more it becomes an almost dance definitely yeah. like, like, like all the best uh, turn-based strategy games do yeah yeah um Look, I, I know a lot of other podcasts are talking about how much they love Into the Breach. I, I, I'm adding my voice to the choir. Nice. It's, it's an exceptionally well-made game. Mm. Um, and, uh, I, you know, like, yeah, like you said, the, the story is minimal, but it totally works. It gets you pumped. You want to yeah. save the world. Fuck yeah. those goddamn bugs. Just only good bug is a dead bug. So, yeah, like, like, unfortunately, a lot of games I'm talking about this month, it's like, oh, I hope to play more before I, we record yeah. again. I played five minutes just to just to get it in, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed... Uh, you know, I played a solid hour, hour and a half yeah, of Into cool. the Breach. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll play many more solid hours and halves. Nice. Uh, a new game that came out um, last month was Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. Mm. Um, now, this is uh, developed by Game Atelier. And published by FDG Entertainment in collaboration with Sega, uh, because Monster Boy is actually a very long-running, all the way back to the '80s uh, franchise. Yeah, uh, that, that goes by many different other names, like Wonder Boy, sure. um, which we got a 
like a, a, a remake of the Wonder Boy, the third Wonder Boy game on Master System came to Switch um, at launch, and it was a beautifully animated game with incredible soundtrack. But the gameplay was exactly the same as the Master System game; it just looked right. better. Um, so it was kind of frustrating in parts, and there were moments like you know you die and then you have to go so far back yeah. and try again. Um, thankfully, there's like no life count or anything like that. Um, Monster Boy feels in parts like a much more modern platformer mm-hmm. Monster Boy and the Curse of Kingdom uh, it looks as good if not better than, uh, than Wonder Boy it's a very beautifully animated platformer was uh, that was was it in a Nindy did it, did it pop up in one of the Nindies I think uh, possibly yeah, yeah I think it did like yeah. just kind of like oh and this is coming out too yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, basically, like, like the, the kind of hook of, of Wonder Boy and Monster Boy games is that you are a boy who gets cursed and then you can turn into different animals. And so the, you'll, you'll play as, like, either a human to begin with or, like, a, an animal with very limited uh, powers or, you know, is quite weak, like a mouse or, sure. or a pig. Um, and then uh, you start leveling up and getting cool, crazy powers. And um, I think in this, it gets to a point where you, it's quite easy to switch between them. Right. And, and, you know, there are Metroidvania elements. There it goes. Everyone take another shot. Yeah. Um, and uh, where, where you have to kind of use the different powers of each animal that you can turn into to get through certain stages. Mm. Um, like I said, this is a much more modern feeling um, uh, platformer than Wonder Boy was. But there are just so many frustrating moments where, like, it doesn't like the character doesn't handle that well, right. so it's really easy to kind of like slip off uh, a platform, fall into water, and then have to kind of like go and do this like you know this thirty second bit of platforming again and again. And I did, I just got to a point where again because I knew I, I had so many games to catch up on. This came out. This is like the insane Smash Brothers week, one of the many great sure. games that came out that week. Where I was just like I guess I hit a point like after. I was maybe on the third different animal that you that you unlock, mm-hmm. and uh, just like just getting so frustrated at what should have been a really really simple platforming ch- uh, challenge. Sure. And I was just like, oh, this, I don't have time for this right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I may pick it up again, but um, the biggest thing that's stopping me from recommending this game is the price. Yeah. It's sixty dollars Australian. That's uh, to to try this game out. Um, I assume it'll drop. It'll, there'll probably be a half price sale on it at some point. He's hoping, and that's but, probably when I'll cop it. Uh, look, it, it, it's it's a there's, there's no shortage of, of platformers on the Switch yeah. that you could play instead of this one, and it's really hard to recommend it when I don't think it offers much in the variety, much in the way of gameplay that you know some considerably cheaper, mm. like you know Celeste is thirty dollars. Sure. If you haven't got Celeste, why the fuck would you yeah. choose Monster Boy Why are Boy you listening that? to this podcast? <laughs> Go play Celeste. Or, you know, Owlboy or Iconoclast yeah. is only $9.95. Fucking Hollow Knight is $15. Yeah. It's, I, I remember, because I was excited for it after I saw it in the Nindy. I thought the, the graphics looked amazing. I was really looking forward to having a jumping, a jumping in point for the mm-hmm. monster because I didn't play the one, when the one that came through on launch. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure I will go back and play it, but I was like, oh, cool. This is one that it's coming out, so I'll jump in fresh. At this point, I would recommend Wonder Boy before Monster Boy. But I, oh, that right. said, okay. I am quite early into Monster Boy sure. as well. So, But I saw that price tag. I think first ep, we were like 40 bucks. That's, that's cutoff point. Um, yeah, there's, right. There's yeah. flexibility in that, but 60 bucks is just... The 60 I saw, the, Australian. I saw I 60 know. and it was just like, oh, no, yeah. no. That's a full price game. That's here. that's yeah. three other games that I could buy. Essentially, I paid nine dollars more than that. Nice Damn. for for Smash Brothers. Hell yeah! Um, which is a you know a game that I'll play for hundreds of hours. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, not that games, you know, the value of games is time put in, no. but this is a relatively simple, if not, you know, it is beautiful, but a relatively simple platform if, game. If the platforming was tight. Razor's, it is not. It's, yeah. But if it was, would you feel the 60 was more sort of... For sure, man. Like, yeah. like I, I, I'm fine paying top dollar for uh, a, a really well made... I would have paid $100 for Celeste. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah. If 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 if, if the, the reviews were as good as they were when when Celeste came out, and it was like you know this ninety nine ninety nine game, I'd be like, oh fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, like, you know, let's, yeah. let's jump in. And I would have loved it. You know, that's that's a, that's a game that's worth a hundred bucks for sure. Yeah. I'll blow those Nintendo points I've been stacking up. <laughs> um, yeah, must boy the Curse of Kingdom. I will I will keep you uh, updated with uh, my frustration as I cool. try and play through more. Okay. Um, I this is a game that we saw when we went down to PAX on mm-hmm. the Xbox booth. Um, I noticed it popped up in the iOS store, so I jumped on it there. Um, I'm talking about Bendy and the Ink Machine. Right, yeah. So Bendy and the Ink Machine is a, essentially a survival horror-style game. It's first person. Um, you play as this guy who is invited back to an old-timey animation studio by the head of the studio. You apparently used to work there. And when you arrive, you discover that something's not quite right in this studio. Um, And the more you explore, the more kind of... The more you find out the fucked up things that's happened there and you descend deeper and deeper into this studio that has apparently spent a lot of money tunneling into the ground to create new (laughs) sort of basement offices because it's a giant studio... Um, but the whole thing, basically the, the owner of the studio has gone crazy and created this machine that just pumps ink everywhere. And the main character of this animation studio is a little devil. It's sort of like, it's like, a, like early Felix the Cat style animation. Yeah, Like sure. that, that kind of character. Cuphead even. Um, yeah, maybe a bit earlier than Cuphead, like early Betty Boop, black yep. and white kind of thing. Um, essentially. Oswald the Rabbit. Oswald the Rabbit is... That's what the Mickey Mouse Mickey. was. Epic Mickey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you discover that, like, the, the main character of this studio was a little devil called Bendy, and somehow the staff came to worship Bendy as a real thing. Um, and so you sort of... You need to escape the studio, and to escape, you need to go deeper, which is your classic survival horror kind of thing. Um, everything is sepia-toned, and that wears its welcome out quite quickly um it is quite scary at yeah right at, at times or very, no, scary is scary is ambitious it's creepy at times um particularly when you start coming up against other characters in the game who are basically made out of ink um and there are def- there are moments where like the ink devil they call him is wandering around the building kind of thing and when the ink devil gets close you got to run and hide in a closet and like your screen starts to get clouded with ink and if you're in the closet the closet has a little eye slit so you're looking through at this kind of ink devil strolling through the hall oh, spooky. It's, yeah it's spooky like that but at the same time it kind of at one point in the game you pick up an axe and you can use that axe to co- for combat and so you might fight your way through some stuff and then later in the game they'll take the axe away and you're like okay I don't have to fight anything now and then they'll give the axe back to you and you're like, cool, all right, I've got to do combat now kind of thing. There's there's moments that get really fetch questy, like you, you're dealing with another different character, Alice the Angel, and she essentially just said, like, you need to go to this level of the thing and pick up three thick ink 
pieces. Right. All right, off I go. Come back. All right, you need to go to this level and destroy 15 cardboard cutouts okay. of Bendy. All right, let's go. Um, so I've been playing through, playing through, playing through, and I ran up against this. Uh, there's a level where you're essentially you find out that they were planning on building a theme park based around Bendy, and so you need to play all these carnival games to move forward. And I've managed to complete two of the carnival games using touch controls on phone, but there's a third one, which is a shooting gallery one, that I'm just like, I, I, don't, I don't have the speed or the accuracy with the touch screen to complete this. So this game is available on everything. How come yeah. you chose to get it on phone? Just because it was cheap. I think it was like ten ninety nine right, yeah, on sure. phone compared to some of the other ones. Yep. And it was one of those, like, I was, I was in the mood for a phone game. Sure. And there's only so many Kairosoft games I can play before <laughs> I'm like, no more. Um, I'm like, I'm not dunking on it too hard, but at the same time, I'm not like, I'm not as passionate about this as I am about a Desert Racer or uh, some of the other games we've talked about Desert today. Desert Child, yeah, yeah. Desert Child, Desert Child. Um, yeah, um, I mean, look, it is interesting. We, we, it's the first, uh, what would you say? It's like a first person kind first of person, action yeah, horror yeah. game that we've yeah. talked about on the, on the podcast. It's sort of like, it's like what Amnesia does 3,000 times better okay. for those who are familiar with Amnesia. Oh, the, darkness, the, the concept the of descent. Amnesia or the game? Yeah, <laughs> if you can remember Amnesia, no, like, it's very much, it's very much like Amnesia the Dark Descent, but not, not as good. Um, cool. It is a, the aesthetic is cool to start with, but like I say, the more you play it, the more you're just like, oh, cool, another sepia-toned hallway. Like it would have been nice if they introduced a little bit, like like what they do in Portal Two, where you you move through various decades of the lab as you kind of sure go to the bottom and move up. Like it'd be cool if the animation changed slightly, or they introduced colors or something like that, something to kind of refresh the feeling of the game, but. After a while, it's just like, oh, okay. Looking at more of this is a chore. <laughs> anyway, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Um, so from ink to pipes, doesn't really work as a segue, but it, it, that's are, a segue. There are shows. tons of pipes in Bendy and the Ink Machine, um, so I feel you. There are also tons of pipes in Pipe Push Paradise. Oh, old Triple P. Which is a, a game that uh, came to Steam and, uh, and, and Switch at the end of last year. Um, and uh, it's an open world puzzle game about plumbing but essentially you play a girl who um has to solve a bunch of puzzles uh by moving pipes around sure um and uh like it it, if you played the kind of the the, any of the circuit mini games in the spider-man ps4 game this year it's like that except you can't really easily move things around with a cursor you actually have to push them around as a person and so there are moments where you're like you basically need you basically need to to send the flow of water from one end of of like the kind of game board to the other, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you can accidentally trap yourself from from being able to exit the game board. God damn it, Siri! Ugh. Siri makes cameos on all of my um, home of my podcasts, podcasts now. No, on all of them. Oh really? Hey Siri, stop. Okay, I won't send it. I wonder what I wonder what she was sending. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, so you can you can get trapped in these in these these mazes of pipes that you have to. So you got to be very tactical about your movements, kind of. Thing. It is. It looks like uh, I'll show you now. It's like this like kind of beautiful kind of like simple looking tropical game in okay. which you like move pipes around and and it's like you know like a kind of it looks like it's going to be a simple puzzler. It is the most stressful game. Oh wow! I was so frustrated playing this game. I still enjoyed it sure. to a point, uh, but. Yeah, the main, the biggest thing is they don't tell you, or maybe I skipped it. This could be on me. I'm willing to accept that okay. this is on me. 
there is a back button in this, like B or something, like re- like undo- undoes the move that you just did. Right. Um, and uh, I didn't realize that until I'd played like eight of the game boards. And okay. so it's so easy to accidentally bump a pipe and then suddenly the pipe is in a, in, a, in a place that you can't move it at all. Right. So I'd be like, fuck, it took me like two minutes to get to this point to work out this puzzle. I have to restart it and sure, go back to the beginning. Sure. So uh, look, there is a, there isn't, if you've, you've gotten to this point and you're frustrated like I was, there is an undo button yeah. that makes situations like that a lot easier Be to deal apparently. with. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I found the maneuvering of the pipes, the fact that you have to, you have this additional challenge of like, so, so obviously moving, this pipe piece, like, you know, like a plain pipe piece around, that's not, that, that's fine. There's no complexity to that. Like, mm-hmm. but when you move it from a certain angle, like an L pipe, for example, right. um, it will fall down one way. And then if you push it again, like you, you, you can, you essentially flip it. So it, 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 it now faces a different angle okay, because you've pushed it in a certain way. And there are some moments where you get stuck in a corner and you can only push a pipe in a certain way. So you need to work out how to push pipes to lock in certain corners so then you can walk around, turn it to the position you need it to go and then push it, but also not lock yourself out at, from being able to exit. It, it was frustrating. Yeah, this <laughs> this sounds frustrating. This is frustrating to listen to. The music is really sweet. The, oh, cool. the, the graphics are really, really lovely. And, um, I, you know, the kind of small amount of narrative that I got through the 12 or so levels that I played of it was, was really, really sweet, but I just found, yeah, I found the puzzle elements of this so frustrating. Um, it's the kind of thing that I reckon like being able to, being able to move the pipes around with a cursor would make it fun, but because they've, you're, 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 you play a character who physically pushes the pipes around. Okay. Sure. It just is. It's, it's endlessly frustrating. Do you feel it could have had a more robust tutorial? Maybe. Yeah, I mean the the first few pipes of pipe levels are pretty simple. Okay. So in a way, it teaches you to do it that way. But yeah, like I I, I was like, whole, oh shit, there's an undo button. Yeah, Like exactly. after playing it for an hour, they made that a little bit more plain. Yeah. All right. So you down with PPP? No, they don't know me. No. <laughs> I also wanted to do. Uh, she was a girl. There were some pipes. Can I make it any more <laughs> obvious? But there was just no place to insert that during the during your review. <laughs> what a what a tragedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, cool. All right. So, pipe push paradise. All good. Uh, it's a it's yeah. a yeah, middling. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Look, yeah. If if that maybe same as same as Bendy. Like you're not shitting on it, but you're not rushing out to tell people to play it's, it. I, I was maybe not in the mood for an extremely frustrating platformer, okay. but I know some people are. Sure. And it's a it's a damn good looking one. Yeah, that's always that's always very helpful. Um, Frustration never looks so pretty. My next my next. Th- how many more games do you have to talk about? Got a couple, right? Like three. I can do it pretty quick. I, We've I got, got ten minutes until we hit the hour mark. Right. We haven't even started we our top ten should, we of last start year. Start top ten soon. Um, We're making I've, up for lost time. We didn't do an episode last month. Yeah, exactly. This is. It's I still feel up. this is technically December's episode. If this was Hey Fam, we'd stop it at the midway point and then charge people for the next half. Hey, <laughs> so you're getting you're really getting a bargain here, guys. Um, I got I got another three as well. I um. When when my my lovely darling of a wife bought me Red Dead of a wife. Red Red Dead Redemption Two for Christmas, I threw the um, the disc in the game machine to get it installing, and then went, oh yeah, I nicked a bunch of Game Pass codes before I quit my last job. Um, let's check out Game Pass. Oh yeah, and also because one of the games I want to talk about, Ashen, I was like, oh that's been released. I hear it's on Game Pass. I want to go and 
download it. I hear it's pretty good. So I went on Game Pass and then discovered that they have like a pretty good selection of indies on there. Yeah, I'm pretty like I'm I'm, I'm you're always, on the cusp. Always tempted, but yeah. I, I was on the cusp, but then I ended up buying PSVR. Oh, okay, sure. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like that's the opposite of what you can do. Um, so I had to scroll through the list and picked out three games that I was particularly wanting to play. Uh, one of which is Ashen, which. Uh, I'll discuss all three. Um, Ashen Below, which is the new game by Capybara Games. Yep. The guys that did Swords and Sorcery and Super Time Force. Holy shit. And finally, um, Mutant Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden, which is a clunkily named game. Um, I'll start with that one. So it's it's an almost like original Fallout-esque or uh, I guess isometric style game. turn-based RPG game. Yep. Uh, I'm only in the very kind of beginning stage of the game. I don't think I'm even out of, like, the sort of prelude to the rest of the game uh, because so many other things to play during December. But at the start, you play as... the, The overarching story of the game is, like, the Earth is toxic now because of nuclear war and pollution and all the other things that can happen with humanity. Humanity now exists in this last kind of area could be called the Ark maybe or something completely different. But there are people with mutations. So the two characters you played at the beginning are Ducks and Boromin, who are respectively a duck and a boar with, like, human bodies, essentially, um, who act as scavengers for this Ark. It's their job to bring food and supplies back from the surrounding right. areas. Um, it's it's fun what I've found so far. It's... Um, the, the story seems to be building into something good. The combat's really nice. Um, very, like, there's a there's a focus on kind of using stealth to get yourself set up in the best way possible mm-hmm. for each combat scenario. You can use stealth to kind of thin out crowds of enemies before you start a full-on combat encounter. Um, I think once I get back to home base, there's lots of options to, like, upgrade guns and create new guns and new weapons and that kind of stuff. Um, I... I'm definitely looking forward to diving into it a bit more solidly. Once I've probably got more Red Dead Redemption under my belt and I don't feel so guilty that my wife spent a bunch of money on my Christmas present. What's a cowboy word for, for belt? Surely we can do better than belt. Cowboy. Cowboy belt. Cowboy. Yeah, there we go. Cow belt. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to jumping back in and giving that a bit more attention. But from what I've seen so far, it's pretty good. Unreal. Yeah. What you got? Um, so uh, I got a game called Battle Princess Madeline. I saw this on the store. I'm very intrigued by it. Um, and uh, I mean, do you like the old Capcom games like uh, Ghouls and Goblins, or uh, Ghosts and Goblins? Ghouls, think- Ghouls and Ghosts and Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, Ghouls and uh, whatever. There's like three of them. Sure. There's uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Right. Um, and they're basically like they're like extremely kind of simple arcadey platformer mm-hmm. hack and slash games where you just mow through yeah. an endless like amount of like respawning kind of like zombies and they're very very hard. There's one on the on the SNES classic, um, Ghosts and Goblins, a Capcom game um, that first came out in uh, in the arcades in 1985. Um, and Battle Princess Madeline is I guess like a, a, a kind of take on 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 slightly uh modernizing that giving it like a bit of a story right um because it's kind of told uh in a kind of you know like oh the madeline is a girl who's sick and her grandfather comes over to read her a story 
and then introduces her to the concept of Battle Princess Madeline. Right, okay. She's a princess and she has to save her her town through hordes of zombies. And uh, uh, look, I, I've, I've played the first hour of this right. um, and uh, I don't think it's a particularly long game, but uh, I found it... It felt really unfinished. Sure, okay. Um, there's like... You kind of are sent to kind of, you know, find certain characters to then help, you know, help you defeat these swarms of monsters that are plaguing your town. Uh, and uh, you just kind of, it, it just it, it just feels like the most simplistic part of what this kind of game could be sure. with a story attached to it. I was kind of hoping that, would, that the kind of gameplay would be a bit more robust and would hook me a bit more. Right. It's fun as a kind of like turn your brain off and... Uh, and, and just button mash kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And and like some of the, the anime designs are really fun. I think it, it looks it, they've they've completely nailed the visual aesthetic of this game. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it just kind of feels like there's it's missing something. Yeah, a bit bit empty maybe. Yeah, um but that's uh, my expectations weren't too high for this because I I actually don't have any personal attachment to Ghosts and Goblins. Right. Um I've I've tried to play it heaps of times and then you, I barely last like 40 seconds or whatever. Sure. Cuz sure. it's just so insanely hard. Uh but this is nowhere near as hard or as, as far as like where I got up to as uh, as Ghosts and Goblins you, there is a it's very forgiving right, um, in right. a way that those the games that it's kind of paying tribute to never were. Okay. So I definitely compliment it for doing that. Cool. All right. And I'm sure there are there are modes that you can turn on yeah. that can make it punishing. Okay. If you're a sadist, a masochist, masochist. Mas- so sadist likes to inflict pain. <sighs> sure. So the people that made what ghouls, a switch up. People that made ghouls and goblins are sadists. Yep. Um, and you'd be a masochist for playing it. Thank you for teaching me, no Sensei. Worries. Um, learn more words with John's Patreon <laughs> words. Um, all the small words. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to talk about below. Uh, I came into this pretty excited because A, Swords and Sorcery was such a weird and cool kind of like game when it it was like when it came out I remember it caused a kind of like I think it came out early VPAL's days Virtual Pal's days Our our Facebook group that we made Essentially, it was just me and John and Angus yeah. uh, and Tommy. Uh, if, you, if you know who those f- four first names are, then you can know what kind of group this is. Yeah. Um, I think when that came out, there was a lot of discussion about it. It really kind of like... It was very interesting and cool and weird. And It was like the first iOS game that people were excited for. Yeah. yeah. I think I think one that really put it on the map. Um, 2011, I have, that game came out. I have no experience with Super Time Force that much, but I, I think it's another cool... Like, it has another interesting concept of like... You, it's a it's a shmup game, but you can manipulate time so you bring more characters on screen to fight with you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I I was excited for Below, and I actually I looked at the Wikipedia of the game and found out that Below was announced in 2013. Wow, at E3, and it was supposed to come out in like 2016, but the CEO of Capybara Games was like, no, 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 we're going to polish. We're, we're we're polishing now. And then it came out to no fanfare at the end of 2018. I feel like a lot of people were talking about it. But it sounded like everyone was very disappointed. So am I. Yeah, right. I was... What, 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 kind, of game, what kind of game it's, is it? It's like, it's, it's like a, a dungeon-crawling... Roguelike. Roguelike, yeah, <laughs> hack and slash. Um, is Roguelike the new Metroidvania? Um, 
I think there's some procedurally generated elements to... Oh, maybe not actually, because you... The game starts with this really long, like, frustratingly long cutscene of a tiny boat rocking its way through a choppy ocean until it arrives at an island. When you arrive at an island, a little character jumps out, that's you, and then you proceed to go... You explore the island a little bit, and you find an entrance to the caves below the island, and then your job is to just keep exploring downwards, essentially. You, you pick up a lantern at, you know, on top of the island, you grab a lantern, which helps you light your way through the darkness. And the more, as you descend, you pick up various things, that you know, like sticks and rope and embers and stuff that you can craft into arrows and torches and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then the further down you get, you start encountering enemies. You kill the enemies, you pick up some form of currency pickup style thing that you can use... At various campfires you reach to create, like to make them fast travel points, etc., etc. Um, I'll start with something positive. It looks great. It looks really beautiful. It uses that same tilt shift effect, I think, that Tunic does. Oh, okay, cool. So, like that cool sort of oh, everything looks sort of like a toy kind of thing. Like that being said, you are underground most of the time, so everything's dark. <laughs> so the the effects kind of lost. Um, I just found, again, it's one of those things where it's like, there's no narrative whatsoever. There's no, there's no, there's nothing like, oh, find the bottom of the cave for a great treasure. There's nothing even like that. There's absolutely nothing. When you die in the cave, another boat just rocks up to the island and a person jumps out and you take control of that person and you go. And I went through three of those iterations where I'm like, because you, you fight your way down to where you last died and you pick up the stuff that, that person was carrying and continue on the way kind of thing. I went through three of these lives and went, what the fuck am I doing? There's not, like, I'm not enjoying this game. The combat's not particularly fantastic. There's, there's, there was just nothing, no hook that kind of grabbed me. And I was just, I, I, I think the last time I played it, I turned it off and went like, these guys made sword and sorcery. How, how did they wind up like this? I just it, to me it was it was probably my biggest disappointment of December in terms of games. Like, yeah, right. What a bummer! It looks so good. It looks that's the thing. The visuals are beautiful. It's just the gameplay. There's there's nothing moving you forward, and it it like on top of lackluster ish combat, there's like thirst, thirst temperature, and hunger. Oh god! Like hunger things that you need to take oh, care so it's of. A survival, kind yeah, of game it's too. sort yeah, of sure. like it's got that survival element to it. But it just with random drops and stuff like that, you'll be like, "Oh shit, I'm thirsty as hell, and I've not come across any water in a long time. I guess I'm just going to die down here." Then, cool, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, game. Um, yeah, I, I'm. If look, if if anybody listening has played below and and had an enjoyable experience with it, please reach out to. Please reach out to me through all the small games at gmail.com or at all the small game on Twitter or hit up facebook.com slash all the small games and let me know there what you liked about it because I'm at a loss. I, I have no idea. Like, I can see why it was kind of ushered out without, you know. See, I, I'm looking at like clips of, of people playing it as, as you talk and it looks fucking awesome. Like, it just looks like, but it looks like just like, like a survival 
it's roguelike just, kind of game. Yeah, where... I mean, I'm I I know I sound like some kind of story addict, but there's nothing. <laughs> this guy loves stories. Oh my god, um, read a book, John. Fine, um, but no, there's just this. I don't know. I just found it. I found it really empty in that sense. Yeah, what like, a bummer. It looks like the like, graphically. It looks like. The logical next step for, from Swords and Sorcery. Yeah, definitely. Which is, uh, what's it called? Sword and Sorcery? Yeah, Swords yeah. and Sorcery. Swords and Sorcery EP. That's right. Don't know why it was a EP, but sure. Um, That's a bummer. I'm, I'm sorry it was no not as good as you were hoping it would be. Yeah, it was, you know, this, the, the, the disappointment was slightly tempered by the fact that I didn't pay anything to play it, which is <laughs> great. Um yeah, Games Pass sounds great. This is what this is the sort I'm learning from these uh, yeah reviews. It's it's the Netflix of of games on the Xbox is great. So you know a game is fucking great, and I've talked about it on the show before, but uh, this time I played it, it even know, better mode. Exactly, uh, it's Ikaruga, um, a game that came out in 2001 for like the Dreamcast. Yeah, um, uh, it's it was a game uh, developed by um, is it Treasure. Like an enormous on uh, treasure, yeah. Treasure developed this game in two thousand and one. Um, it's it's come out on almost everything since. Um, but yeah, most recently was uh, re, re put out again by Nicholas, ah, um, okay. an indie developer, an indie publisher that I love. Um, it is a an arcade shoot 'em up. Um, you know, classic. You're playing as a as a plane flying through space, shooting at enemies before they shoot you. But the cool thing about Ikaruga is that um, the as well as being able to, you know, shoot, one of the other buttons uh, either changes you from a white spacecraft or a black spacecraft. Right. And when you're a black spacecraft, it's harder to get a home loan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but that means, like, if you if you you can you can absorb the bullets that the if you're the same color as your enemy, you can absorb their bullets. Right. But you have to you have to dodge the the bullets yeah, from sure. from the enemies that aren't the same color as you. So it becomes like a almost like a puzzle. Pattern recognition, almost exactly, kind of thing. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and uh, the cool thing about this is that um, uh, it has uh, a tate mode because if you play it reg- on the regular Switch screen or on a TV, um, it just puts a border um, on on basically almost like two thirds of the screen, um, and uh, and the action is in the middle third because like but, a- aspect ratio problems, I guess. Yeah, from- was it, well, you know this is this is the arcade version sure, of the game, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, but you, if you play at Tate mode, then you um, essentially what I used to have to do was detach my Joy Cons um, and turn it on the side or and lean it up against something, oh. and then play with my yeah Joy Cons um, detached and, and and play it like that. Sure. But um, some geniuses over at Fan Gamer um, did a a Kickstarter campaign for something called the Flip Grip. And uh, it's one of the few things that I've kickstarted. Uh, and then once I got the thing, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Sweet. And exactly what they said it would be. In fact, it's better because it actually is way easier to attach than I thought it was going to be. Cool. Um, and essentially what this does is it, it, it grips onto your, you, you, you slide your switch into it on its side. Vertically. And then vertically. And then either side of the flip grip, you then connect your Joy-Con to. So oh, I sick. can play my switch in vertical mode now awesome um, and there are a number of games um that uh, allow that that, that that can be played like this um a lot of older arcade games in like the snk collection or sure, sure, things sure. like that but um ikaruga is almost like the kind of flagship game that you should uh test out your flip grip on um and uh my god this is the way to play it is so cool playing this arcade game that is just like it's just it's just you know wonderfully addictive has great music 
Um, and uh, yeah, highly recommend if you're an idiot like me that loves to get weird accessories that are very specific. Um, definitely get a flip grip and get Ikaruga. A great game played the best way. Flip grip sounds like something that would be advertised to you during the cartoon, like an ad break definitely, in a, yeah. from 90s cartoons. Uh-huh. Hey kids, get a flip grip. <laughs> um, some kid wearing a backwards baseball cap. Gives the screen a thumbs up. I have one more game to talk about, but I realize it's also like my number 10 game. Of, uh, yeah, of I've got I've got one last game to talk about as well, and it's on my list as well. So oh, should yeah. we just, let's do this. Let's do this, boy. We can get into this. So one hour and 10 minutes into this episode, we're yeah. going to be doing our top 10 indie games of 2018. I might actually time code this episode. Okay. Um, if, so it, people can flip straight to if they want to. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Let, let us know. Give us some feedback if, if that's something that... Uh, that's that, mad accessible. Yeah. I think that'd be nice. Then, and then I'll also do all the time codes for when we talked about all the other games. Sure. Yeah, it's a little bit of extra work, you know. Yeah. If yeah. you want to show some appreciation, sure. send us an email. All the small games, gmail.com. Yeah. We've got a lot of emails to get or through. Or follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. That's right. Look us up. Um, so, uh, John, I thought we could go through... Uh, our, our top 10 yep. games of the year. Um, I predicted your number one is going to be Donut County. You predicted mine is going to be Celeste. Celeste. Um, so, uh, Are we starting th- at 10? We're starting at 10, obviously. Cool. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. Number 10 for me, Yoku's Island Express. Wow, shit. Do we want to do honorable mentions? Do we wanna, let's save them for the end. That's, 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 that's unorthodox, almost, but all right. Because I feel that's almost like it's a spoiler of like, oh, you didn't put that in your list kind of thing. Okay, Unless, sure do you really want to do honorable mentions? No, I'll do it at the end. Let's do it all right, end. cool. So yeah, my sweet. number 10 is Yaku's Island Express. I just picked this up two days ago. So I didn't technically play it in 2018, but it is a 2018 game. Uh-huh. Um, it's great. I, I really love it. Like such a wild experiment combining like a, a, a platformer with pinball. Uh-huh. It, it makes no sense at all. So it's, it, it's, it's, on, it's, on paper. Not just any kind of platformer, John. What kind of platformer? Oh, a, a Metroidvania, I believe. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, on, on paper, you'd say a Metroidvania and pinball, are you insane? It, it's like something if you played Game Dev Story, like totally. a weird combination. They'd be like, that's an interesting one. And then it would fail and your company would go bust. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I love all the little pinball sections. They're so well designed. The cute the cute little story that's going on the whole time. And for like, me, it was the exploration, like getting, yeah. just like seeing areas that you couldn't get to, and knowing that you would get the power ups at some point. Yeah, seeing like all the little kind of fruit pickups underwater, and just going like, I'm gonna get there sometime soon, I swear. And then getting the power up, and as you kind of work your way back through each level. Going like, oh sweet, I can do that now. Awesome. Let's let's pick this stuff up. So I'm pretty sure I actually put Yoku's Island Express in my top ten game, indie games on Switch when we did our top ten. Yeah, actually, uh, like in episode three or four I almost, of the podcast. I, I'm curious if we need to revisit that because there's been a lot of stuff out over the last year that point, might this might year. shake that up. But anyway, um, it was developed by Villa Gorilla um, and published by Team Seventeen, who put out a lot of uh, excellent games this year. And uh, Planet Alpha. <laughs> but I think this is by far my favorite of the games that Team Seventeen have put out in the last couple of years. And also something something that I was I I. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Rushed back and, and took a look at for all the games in uh, my top 10 list and my honorable mentions. It's a Swedish developer, which I find interesting. Well, just Swedish. just how, how international indie games are. Designed by Jens Andersen. Thanks, Jens. Thanks, I Jens. I love your game. Yeah. Might go much higher on my list, as I assume number 10 on my list did, uh, yeah. on your list. Sure. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, number 10 on my list is Donut County. Hell yeah. Um, Developed by Ben Esposito. Published by Annapurna. the good folk at Annapurna. I expect to hear their name multiple times throughout this episode. Heck yes. Um, Donut County is uh, a game that I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. Um, I first saw it um, mentioned in a video game donkey video sure where he went through all of the games that he played at like a PAX, PAX that he enjoyed 2017 yeah. or 2016 2016 I think yeah. it was yeah maybe even 2015 um, and uh, uh, the, the appeal of this was that it was kind of like a Katamari-ish Katamari one of my favourite games ever sure. um, uh, one of my favourite games to play with you ever hey. um, but uh you play a hole in the ground, basically eating up things on the ground. Yeah. And as you eat things, the hole gets bigger and you can get bigger things. And when you, you start, you know, picking up donut-sized things or bugs or, or small mm. animals, and then you end up being able... You're big enough to, to swallow houses and buildings and things like that. Um, I... Uh, I really enjoyed this. It was not what I was expecting. I was expecting a lot more of the Katamari format where you just... You're a whole... You know, you've got an eight-minute time time limit. Yeah. There's an insane amount of things that you need to eat up. You know, get as big as you can in this time limit. But this is much more of a story-driven game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the story was, like, amusing, but I didn't love it. Um, I think the much more enjoyable writing for me in this game came from the Trashopedia. Um, oh, love the Trashopedia. Which kind of gave... Basically imagined a, a raccoon naming and describing every piece of junk. Every, that everything that, that falls whole, into the hole. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, finishing each level, it was really fun scrolling through all the things that that you that you ate up and yeah. and, and reading the raccoon's description of it. Um, but so I've I've got a newfound love for this game because um, for whatever reason, out of the blue, while we were on holiday, my son Archie said, "Hey, Dad, can I play Donut County?" Whoa! And okay. I was like, "How do you remember that game? We, you sat on my lap and we played that when it came out, which was in August." Mm. Um, and he was like, can I play it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And like, I, I would love to play this one. I actually do have a code for it on PS4. So maybe I should play it with him like that. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, me going through and reading out, he can read okay now, but he's only five, just turned five. But uh, the idea of sitting through a bunch of uh, dialogue yeah. um, before you get to be a, a whole yeah. is, uh, is is pretty dull to a kid. Sure. So, um we are like skipping through all the dialogue like that. I kind of give him a kind of brief idea of what is going on in the story. But for me, like the biggest thing stopping me from loving Donut County or like, you know, obviously I, I loved it enough to sure. put it on my top 10 list. I just wish there was an endless mode or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I wish, I, I love that, that, that it is this like great kind of two hour long story with these fun little moments that, you know, you get to be a, a whole 
uh, and, and eat things up. And there's like, it's not just about swallowing things. There was like a small amount of puzzles in there. Mm. Um, and it's pretty fun seeing which, which of those were, were, were tricky to Archie and which his brain worked out straight away. Okay, that's right. The snake one he got really quickly, but okay. the, uh, the one where you have to like throw eggs back up in the air. Right. He didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I love like you know like the, the, the popcorn one was really fun as well. But yeah, I just wish that I, I, I and I hope maybe it gets added. I, I just all I want is this pure, like you know, almost endless. It, you know, you start as small as possible, and then you like just like the, the best level of Katamari is like it's like nine. You get a nineteen minute time limit. Yeah, you start the smallest you ever started, like eating up like you know bobby pins and playing cards, and then you end up eating the entire like rolling up yeah. the entire universe. Yeah. Like rolling up all the planets in the solar system, um, and I, I wanted the equivalent of that from that through, but as a whole. Yeah, they did. I mean, it did seem like in the because I don't know if they've updated, but it, it. My memory seems to say that in the app, it felt like there was a. I, I swear there was a timed mode, like you could do any chapter you wanted, but with time constraints, kind of thing. Which sort of I know it's not endless, but it was like yeah, because I had the same thing. I got to the end of Donut County, and it's like oh cool, I'm done. There's nothing. There's nothing keeping me in this game now, because um, I went looking for that timed mode as like pff, any any old port in a storm. I'm enjoying this game. Let's enjoy it yeah, for whatever. Add reason, a challenge a more. to it. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't find it. So I was just like, all right, flipped through the Trashopedia one more time. Done. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, this will show up later on in my list. We'll just take it as red when we get there. But fuck, I love that Trashopedia so much. There's only <laughs> there's only one I can remember, but. Describing a chicken, it's like having a chicken is one thing, but having two chickens, that's two things. <laughs> just all of it's like little, just funny stuff like that. There's that a lot is... of good writing in indie games this year. Yeah. Um, most of my games have, uh, even though I, I said I don't care about story, yeah. um, I do care about writing and, and sure. charm coming through uh, the writing. Yeah. And I think uh, this, is, this, is, this had that a lot in spades, you could cool. say. Shall we move on to number nine? Number nine. Love potion number nine. Uh, what's yours? Minute. Cool. Okay. Um, that was uh, the first game that we reviewed on 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 all the small games. It is. It's the it's the first game we played in service of this podcast. Um, I played it. I played it next to you. Most of it next to, next to you on the couch with us passing the controller At- each time one of one of us died. Yeah. Which I think is the way to play it. Oh, I of loved. Course. I loved that. Um, you know, co- co-op play. Yeah. Obviously, that's you know not not encouraged by the developers at all. But um, and this is developed by a, a, a four-person team of uh, of indie devs. And yeah, it's and- it's um uh one half of Lambier. That's right. And hold on, I've got it here. It's uh, J W Kitty Jukio and Dom. There you go. Spread around the world. Cool. Yeah. Um, and basically, the hook of this game is that uh, it's like an exploratory kind of almost like uh, like on, like the game the Game Boy Zelda's mm. um, adventure game, but um, every sixty seconds you die. Yes. Uh, no matter what, you just keel over and die uh, if you don't get killed by something so before that. Yeah. Uh, and you respawn at your mailbox or in your sorry in your house, and then you have to try and get further and further each time you die. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is a really unique and interesting hook, and uh, I I loved my time with this game. Yeah. Great. Great, great experiment. I hope they make a sequel to it. Didn't did they kind of hint at one at the end? Don't yeah, they? Yeah, like, yeah. Or this they set up kind of cliffhangery. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I, I, I absolutely adored this game. I thought it was so unique and cool. And it's a very short game. You can get it done in like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll if you know what you're doing. If you like, totally, you can run up against bits where you're just like, I don't know what the hell. Like, because you can. The the beauty of it is, 
you can switch your home location, which allows you to explore further and further into the world, essentially. Yeah, totally. And you pick up all these various things that can help you. Yeah. I, I always say, like, I, you know, it's, I, I, my favorite thing about gaming is, is exploration. That's, like, my yeah. favorite kind of thing to do in a game. Um, either that or, like, you know, addictive kind of, like, gameplay loops like Tetris or whatever. Sure. Um, but the exploration in Minute, I, I just loved, like, you know, once we figured that we get to a certain area, I was like, okay, quick, get there as quick as you can. I love that like, they give you this timer to explore. Um, yeah. And so you don't... Like, there is that constraint on you, but it, it, it just makes exploration all the more fun instead yeah. of you've, you don't feel like... It's not frustrating that you can't get somewhere because of the time limit. You're like, how do I get somewhere in spite of the time limit? Yeah. And I, 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 I loved Minute. And there were definitely instances where... Because I think one of, the, one of the great things about playing co-op is the two heads are better than one approach to a lot of the problems. Mm. And goodness knows there were times when one of us would have the controls and through the power of both of us thinking about it, solve something with 15 seconds left on the clock because you can press a button just to die immediately. Yeah, yeah I think it's like, I solved it. Dead. Here, go. <laughs> like, right. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yes. I, had a, I had a great time playing yeah. that. It was, it was wonderful. What's your um, number nine? My number nine is Guacamole 2. Drinkbox Studios out of Canada. Discussed earlier in this podcast, if you hopped here, thanks to the power of um, time coding. Not necessarily Mexican, but maybe there are Mexicans that work for, for Drinkbox. I, I sincerely hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, it's uh, wildly culturally appropriating. Yeah, I just, I, I loved it. Um, I think one of the reasons I, one of the reasons I made, it made the list, I think, is it's just such a strong sequel. Like they just they took everything that was great about the first one, amped it up to eleven, and then added a whole bunch of shit that made it even better. Fantastic, unreal. Yeah. Um, now we're at number eight. We are. Uh, my number eight, Gorogoa. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought that. I thought it was a uh, Gorogoa is an iOS. Is it iOS alone? Might be. Yeah, uh, it's on Switch. You it's can on, play it on Switch. Switch. Okay, yeah, you can get it on it's, Switch. It's on everything. I, I played it on iOS. I think it works awesome as an iOS game. So this came out in like late 2017. Oh, was it late 2017? No, it still counts. Sure, okay. Fuck the rules. Um, definitely played it this year. Um, yeah, it's um, so it's this sort of <clears throat> it's a puzzle game where you can essentially drag like the the screen will often be split into sort of four quadrants four square quadrants and you can drag kind of frames from one quadrant to the other and use that for puzzle solving it's almost like an artwork exploration yeah puzzle it's, game. it's 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 difficult to describe but it's so clever yeah and once you once once it once the game shows how how, to, how you play it it's you're just like oh fuck this is so yeah. good i played it on a flight to singapore with my sleeping daughter in my lap um and uh i just it was just such a great great game to be playing then and there um yeah it's it's it. I can't imagine it being a good game to play on a console. It's it, it's no. perfect on on phone, and, and that's probably where yeah. it's cheapest too. So yeah. if you are going to play it, definitely pick up the uh, the phone version. Yeah, and it's got that. You solve a puzzle, you get that rush of endorphins of your brain rewarding you for thinking hard. Yeah, totally. Um, the art's fantastic. Uh, I mean, the best thing about playing a puzzle game on a plane is that, like, sometimes you know there is that. You're like, oh, I'm stumped. Fuck it. I'm just going to Google. Oh, and, I can't. And, and, I can't. and when you can't, you're like, no, I've got to stick it through. I'm going to figure this out because I'm smart. I'm actually smart. Yeah, I think I Googled once. There was, I mean, one, I mean, there was one that just stumped the shit out of me. I was like, you don't. And 
you don't want to go to Google, but at the same time, you not you don't want to be like I'm frustrated. I'm going to put this game down. And totally, pick it no, up yeah, again. Yeah, so you that, just that's the battle. It's you get struggle. that little that little nudge, and you keep going, and that's what happened to me. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad this made on your list. It came yeah. out 14th of December last yeah, year develop, on uh, develop, iOS. Developed by Jason Roberts um, from the US, one of the three US's on my right. on my list, and pub, published by Annapurna, right? Yep. Another Annapurna One race. of the three Annapurnas on my list. So my number eight is a game that we discussed a couple episodes ago. It's another puzzle game. Okay. Uh, another short experience. Eight. Great number for puzzles. Uh, and also an Australian developer. It's The Gardens Between. Okay, cool. Uh, developed by the Voxel Agents. That's right. Um, and uh, won a bunch of awards recently, including Best Music um, by Tim Scheel, a.k.a. Fauxpas. Yep. Um, this is a game where you play as like uh, two kids um, who are kind of like exploring their memories, like uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's been a while since I played it, but I mean, that's it's sort of it's a, they're exploring these abstract landscapes based on memories that they share. Yeah, every every landscape, yeah, is is based on off one of their childhood memories. Yeah, um, and uh, so you'll be kind of like uh, walking around this kind of hill that has like a massive television set up in the middle of it, mm. and then you walk past like a game controller, and you have to. You can stop time, like basically as you turn left or right, time goes forward or back. Yeah. And then while, while as you pass something as one of the kids, you can interact with it and make it move somewhere that mm. then puts another bunch of other things in motion that yeah. allows you to solve the puzzle and get to the top of the hill. Um, it's a simple premise that I feel like uh, I've played variations on multiple times, but this game just handles so well. It looks so great. I feel it's. I feel it's the most polished of it's all. It's so the kind of well polished, and it's a, it's a relatively short experience. It's thirty dollars, so I think you know the price point might be a bit of a issue to some. Sure, but um, it's a game that I suppose a game that I loved enough that I will definitely show it to somebody. I've showed mm. it to a couple of people, and I probably will play it again at some point this year, just because I enjoyed it so much. I think at the at, at a recent the the Hey Fam after party at Goro's for the live one you did. Yep. Um, one one of your listeners came up to me. I can't remember. Shane. It was Shane. Shane. All right. Thanks to Shane. Thank you, Shane. Shouts to Shane. Um, he was like, yeah, I love Death Stranding. It was a, uh, not Death Stranding, Death Squared, um, the game that I worked on a while ago. I was like, that's great, man. Play the gardens between. And I think he hit up one of the, one of either Twitter or Facebook for all the small games and was like, dude, you told me to play it. It's fucking awesome. It's great. Oh, so I'm good. Like, that's great. sweet. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I love I loved the gardens between it was just from like from the from how great the puzzles were constructed to just the sensation of there are a number of times on landscapes where I would sit and just rock backwards and forwards over a little area just to watch the kind of the landscape reform and deform yeah over definitely time. yeah yeah um, I love those fun little robot characters as well that you had to interact oh, with. Jumping television yeah, yeah. sets. Yeah, that got it got so hard. Like there are levels where you're trying to track four of them. I love those ones they, so much, yeah. and they jump through paint, and that's how you follow. Their yeah, movements. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, each each like the levels kind of come in little sort of duos or trios that when you solve them all, you get the memory mm-hmm. that is jogged because essentially it's. The game, the game is wrapped up in the idea of um, these two, this guy and this girl who've lived together throughout their childhood. One of them's now moving away, and so they're sort of moving through their memories and remembering all their times together as they deal with this essentially upsetting situation. Um, and so it was really cool to kind of get 
after playing through these kind of duos, duos and trios of levels, getting that little chunk of like, oh, okay, it's them at the Natural History Museum or it's them playing video games together or that kind of thing. Totally, yeah. It was great to get that little <laughs> that little trickle of reveals every time. I think, you know, we were talking about Greece at the start of this episode. I think this is much more successful in conveying the emotional yeah. moments that it's trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, seven? How is that what we're up to? Is it my turn to say mine first? Yes. Uh, another game that we actually, almost all of these games we've talked about at length uh, on, on previous podcasts. I guess that makes sense because they're games that we loved. Yep. Uh, Wandersong. Cool. Okay. He's my number seven. Um, and uh, Wandersong uh, is a game, do you know off the top of your head, where and who developed this one? Uh, developed by Greg Lobanov <laughs> from Canada. There you go. Mm. Um, and this is a game that um, I, I saw uh, a trailer for and I wasn't sure if I would like it, but I was so curious about it because it was an adventure game about a, a, a bard, mm-hmm. uh, so a singer, um, and uh, you instead of you know using a sword to, to or, or like magic to solve puzzles and, and slay foes, you sing. And it, there was like an element of like a rhythm game to the way you approach this adventure story. Um, and I, I, I really did like the uh, the kind of very simple kind of paper cutout visuals. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go in. And um, I was, you know, it's one of those games that sat in my library for a week and I was like, oh, I, I should get to that, I should get to that. Mm. And then I played, you know, I was like, oh, I'll play 15 minutes before we record an episode. That we, I, think I, I started at the, the, the day of us yeah. recording and then I ended up just not moving from where I was for two hours. And I played the first two chapters of the game. And I was like, this is fucking special. Yeah. It's, I, and I, it, it's one of the best stories I, I encountered in a game this year. Sure. Um, I love so many of the characters. I think it's not entirely successful in terms of pacing throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah. I think it peaks chapter three or four, the pirate chapter, easily my favorite. Oh, fantastic chapter. chapter. Um, but uh, there's some chapters that definitely outstay their welcome. Yeah. Um, but it never stops being charming enough to keep you pushing forward. Yeah, and, definitely. The, the, and the final story, the final finale is, is really, really rewarding. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's a really, really sweet adventure game that I think fans of like a night in the woods will enjoy because it kind of explores a very meta reading of what it is to be a, a video game hero yeah like not just a hero but in particular an adventure video game hero yeah and what's expected of you and what things you just kind of take for granted with the, the trope because there is there is a more traditional adventure like video game hero in the game yeah, yeah. that almost acts as the villain yes totally um, and I found out an interesting thing they have achievements for this game but all the achievements are for things you do when you play as the more typical video game oh, that's hero. that's so funny. So you yeah. have like, like so 10 it's like minutes s- to get them slay on. five bats, slay <laughs> 10 bats, pick up the sword kind of thing. Like That's great. Which is an interesting little bit of game design. I thought that was a very kind of yeah, totally. cute way to go about it. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 and as I finished, like since finishing it, Wonder Song is a game that I think about a lot. Um, I, I think it uh, sure. definitely belongs on this top 10 list and uh, I hope more people play it. it was one of the, it's one of the games on here that, um, I feel like we played that I didn't see many other people picking up yeah. throughout the year. So give Wonder Song a shot. And I think it's also as as much as it is great to play through as an adult, I think it is a game that you could hand to oh, a, like an eight through twelve year old. It's not that challenging though. No. It's oh, it's not it's not challenging, but I think the story it tells Oh it's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's about, you know, believing in yourself. Yeah. And, believing you know, in yourself against all odds and when no one else will believe in you either. Yeah. And like how Just to, like year seven. Yeah. And how to like <laughs> not only that, but how to push through your own moments of self doubt as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my number seven is West of Loathing. Oh man, which- see, it's the one that's. This is I, I brought up the lists earlier. This is one of the ones that's on my library that I've never even opened. Yeah, it's um, came out on various other consoles in 2017, but came out for Switch in 2018, um, which is how I'm including it. Admittedly, I did play it on PC when I did play it. Whatever, but, um, it's fine. It is so. West of Loathing is it's a it's an RPG set in a sort of Western environment. Um, the graphics are all stick figure based, like very simple, very very simple line drawings of various things, um, because it is based on an online RPG, a very very simple online RPG called Kingdom of Loathing. Um, this is the first game they've made. It's like a spin off of it. Uh, it's just it's funny. It's I love humor in games and this just nails it for me it's super weird lots of puns lots of strange jokes weird references to popular culture like twisted through the lens of a western setting that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um it plays with the tropes of rpgs so you have your standard kind of like rogue fighter mage sort of thing but like the mage uses like cooks beans to make magic <laughs> and like the those beans. Those beans. Um, the 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 fighter character is like a cow puncher or something like that. Like That's great. just all done with a, a bucket load of charm. Um, and like most RPGs, there is a central storyline, but there are so many like tangential things going off in various Fantastic. directions that you can just spend. You can you can drop hours into it. And it's it's fun the whole way through. Fantastic. Um, highly recommend. It's made by Asymmetric, um, and, who are a US developer. Um, if you if you don't feel like shelling out any money without some proof of concept, go play Kingdom of Loathing. It's it's you know not not sort of like Kingdom of Loathing is more text based, whereas this is more you actually move around, you move your character around environments and whatnot, but. I highly recommend just dive in on West of Loathing. It's great. Cool. It's my number seven. Excellent. Um, I uh, am now going to tell you to sell, tell me your number six. Oh, okay. That's all right. Wonder Song was your seven. I was like, what's his seven? Oh, wait. Uh, my number six, Gardens Between. There you go. Yeah. Great. Bit higher up the list. Aussie, uh, Aussie, Aussie. Aussie, yeah. Damn straight. One of uh, one of two Aussies on my, uh, on my top ten. Hmm. What's your six? Number six for me is uh, Deltarune, Chapter One. Ah, uh, of course, a yes. Free game. Thought this would pop up for you. Uh, a free game that was. Uh, it's a sequel to a game that I finished the week before. This was shadow dropped oh. by the developer. Uh, it's, it's a sequel to Undertale, uh, which I played for the first time this year on Switch. And then um, Toby Fox, who developed um, and published uh, Undertale himself, uh, announced that there was going to be some exciting um, Undertale news, and it ended up being that. Uh, there, he's he's you know he's working on a sequel, and the first chapter was dropped for free mm-hmm. uh, for download uh, for Mac and PC. And so I played this on my Mac, which, uh, as listeners of this podcast will know, is an extreme rarity for me to play uh, something on a computer, the device that I sure. DJ or do my taxes from. Indeed. Um, and uh, Delta Rune is it like a pretty much immediate sequel to to Undertale that that uh, is set in the same place, featuring a few lots of returning characters, um, and uh, with an insanely rewarding ending for for fans of undertale um and i i've i think i enjoyed it more than i did undertale wow okay. just because the battle system it's more um like chrono trigger style where you control a party as opposed okay. to just one but then still with the undertale thing where 
you're not just saying attack and then it attacks you have to you know you you you're when you are attacked you have you have to dodge their attack yeah. as your as your All heart the mini game sort of elements yeah, to it. And, yeah which i appreciate so much and um you know toby fox is his his i love his game design i adore his writing and how insane it can be sure but my my favorite thing that he does is 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 the music and the delta rune soundtrack has some fucking bangers on it really yeah that's so like you know i knew like he, he's not even sure if he's going to finish Delta Rune. Sure. Um, but I, I, I lapped up the, you know, two, three hour gameplay that I had with Delta Rune. And then I bought the soundtrack on, on Bandcamp as a way of, you know, buying the game, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, highly recommend anyone who, uh, who played Delta Rune this year to do the same because you're going to want to drive to some of the songs that you battled to. In Hell Delta yeah. Rune. It's fucking great. I would love for you to uh, to to get through Undertale this year and Delta Rune. Yeah, it's it's on my list of because just from a writing point of view, like it, is, it has like the, the fan base is insane. Sure, for for Toby Fox's creations and um, it never made any sense to me like why people liked this game so much until I played it and I was like, oh no, I fucking yeah, get it straight away. Right. Oh, but, I yeah, understand Tumblr now. Delta Rune, <laughs> I think, is from a story point of view and character point of view, is is maybe not. Maybe not from a gameplay point of view, in that, that you know that there are so many different paths you can take in sure. Undertale. It's a lot more straightforward in Zelda's Room, but I loved the characters and, and the story. And I, yeah, man, it's just such a great, great chapter, and I hope it gets finished. Yeah, sweet. I could see, I could see a finished Zelda Room being my favorite game of a year. Right, you heard this, Toby Fox. Yep. Get the, your thumb the, the, out. You know, this is where every game developer wants to be at the top yeah. of the, all the small games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, top ten indie games list. What's your number six? My number six. Oh, wait, you already, you already the, said it. It's number six. Yo, what's your number five? Number five is uh, Yoku's Island, Island Express. Cool. Nice. Uh, as mentioned earlier, it's the Metroidvania pinball game. Uh, I want to add that like one of the coolest things about Metroidvania games is knowing that you are going to get you know weapon upgrades or platforming upgrades. Yeah. And for me, I was like, I knew that that's an element of Metroidvania and somehow they're going to upgrade a ball yeah because you you play as a, a dung beetle essentially like moving a ball around and you're just permanently attached by a, like a, a piece of string to this ball that acts as your pinball but there's no like weapons like there's no. not like a gun attached to it and so yeah there, there are like upgrades that you get that upgrade like the environment around you yeah and then you're able to interact with certain things that allow you to traverse the island that you're on faster I, at one point, I thought I was going to be able to 100% that, that game. I got very close, 80-something. Okay. But then there were a few... I just, I, I just, you know when there's like... When you turn 100, 100% something, and you're like, what is the last, last 10% going to be? Mm. And I just never figured it out. Right, sure. But it's a great game. I loved the music in it. It's a kind of like fun, kind of like tropical, easygoing. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack was killer. And uh, it was just charming as fuck. It was sure. so nice. Very uh, charming game. Very little writing in the game, but the yeah. charm kind of comes from everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Those the it's it's very lush as well graphically definitely like they nail the kind of island setting and I, I love I love playing pinball on 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 sure. on, uh, on handhelds and yeah. uh, it felt so fun you know the, the triggers on on the switch Joy Cons felt so satisfying yeah. to play pinball with it's it's perfect for the switch <laughs> definitely uh, my number five is the the last game I was talking about in uh, last game I was going to talk about in games I played during December it's Ashen. Um, now this was released in late December and it was actually interesting. Like one of the things that drove me to play it is it hit so many people's end of year lists with a bullet. Wow. Like 
with with very little time left before the end of the year, all of a sudden there are all these articles popping up going, Ashen is like game of the year list, blah, 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 blah. Ashen is on there. So Ashen is by a developer called Aurora 44, mm-hmm. which is from a uh, New Zealand-based developer. Right. It is another uh, game published by none other than the goats at Annapurna. Excellent. Um, 20, 2018, year of Annapurna, man. They just nailed it this year. Um, or last year, I should say. Well, it looks like they're going to do it this year too. There's a, there's a few games that are on my radar that they're publishing that I'm excited about. Yeah, definitely. Like Watam. Watam. The, the Karen Amari developers um, game. The, uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, completely against character for me, I don't give a shit about the story in this game. <laughs> it's this, like, it's, because the game is sort of, it's set in this, like, there's this very serious kind of cutscene at the beginning that's like, there are three ages on this planet, the age of blah, 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 and the age of blue, blah, blue, and then the age of man. And like each of these ages is preceded by some giant cosmic bird dying and then coming back to life and bringing uh-huh. light back to... <laughs> by that point, it's just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Just give me a weapon and let me at it. But it is a very like... It is drawing a lot of comparisons to Dark Souls and that is totally understandable because it is a third-person game where you run around and fight difficult battles uh-huh. um, uh, to upgrade your character, allowing you to fight more difficult battles, essentially. Right. Um, I, for, for a person who is so into story, who has just said, I didn't give a shit about the story of this game, <laughs> it has been weirdly compelling. Like, I, you know, this, this was one of the games I downloaded after I put Red Dead Redemption into play. And then my wife would walk past the TV and be like, you're not playing Red Dead Redemption? And I'd have Ashen on the screen just because there's like, I don't know, it's the mix of the environment. Like it's it's beautifully rendered. Um, obviously very, as the name would suggest, there's a lot of gray in the game, but mm-hmm. like to, to kind of come around a cliff's edge and see this giant vista spreading before you, just breathtaking essentially yeah cool um the the combat is not as tight as maybe uh because it has like stamina game mechanics as well you can only do so many moves before you need to stop and rest and get your stamina back which is you know but then the moves you do are not as as taut as something like a uh dark souls sure um but still very very entertaining combat um, yeah, I've just been enjoying the hell out of it. Like, it hit my end of the year list with a bullet. That's so good. Are you close to finishing? Or? I, no. It's based on the map from what I've seen. I've just come up against this, like, giant cave area that is completely... Because you, you only have a lantern. That's the only... Like, that's where your light comes from. Mm-hmm. And you can drop your lantern so you can fight two-handed. But I always forget. I can't remember what button drops the lantern. So I need to rework that one out. But, um, yeah, I explored deep into this cave and then got my ass handed to me and was like, God damn it. <laughs> um, but, That's yeah, great. it's definitely something I'm looking forward to, to go, continuing to play. Go Annapurna. As so, I go into 2019. Well, so t- uh, Annapurna's 2019 list. After giving us Donut County, Gorogoa, Florence. Florence, uh, that, Ashen. Ashen um, in, in 2018. Um, but they are... The 2019, we've got Watam. Nice. The, the, the game that was first on the... Um, Games Awards uh, previews this year the um, musical game called The Artful Escape, <gasps> which looks really really fun. The Artful Escape. You, you seem very excited and confused. I think is that the one. Was that in one of the Xbox showcases at E3 a while ago? No. Sure. no anyway, so. uh, and then finally the final chapter of Kentucky Route Zero. 
Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited for that And it's coming to Switch I'm so looking forward to replaying that entire game on Switch Yeah, cool, I'll definitely go in when it, when it comes out Oh my god, it's so good Cool, so we are now up to uh, number four? Number four, yes um, Beginning. I realised I think I got your number one wrong <laughs> Yeah, you definitely did Yeah <laughs> Everyone knew that from the get-go Yeah <laughs> uh, Fuck, I really pooched that one anyway So number four for me this year is um, Iconoclasts Okay, I figured that would show up on your list. Um, Iconoclast is probably my favorite game uh, story this year that I okay. encountered. Maybe God of War uh, is above it, but... Um, uh, Small games, baby. Iconoclast is a, a game, another one uh, developed by one dude, um, jo- Joachim Sandberg, aka Konjak, um, who gave us Noitu Love 2 on, uh, on the 3DS uh, and gives us lots of fun, horny pixel art on his Twitter and Tumblr accounts. Oh, um, yeah. It was published by um, Bifrost Entertainment. More like Prixels. <laughs> um, and it's available on everything. In fact, if you... Uh, I'm not sure if it's still available, but it was the it was the PS4... Sorry, the PS Plus free game oh, hell uh, in yeah. December. <clears throat> Maybe um, if you go check it immediately... Actually, I'll probably change it by now. Whatever. Just buy it. If it's not there, yeah. you should buy it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it lends itself to portable play in, in a great way. It is a, uh, a platformer, a story-based platformer, um, that is uh, like, like this. The, I was not expecting Iconoclasts or any game that I played this year to kind of be as thoughtful and thought-provoking about religion and organized religion and what draws people to them, to religions and mm-hmm. how it makes people act as Iconoclast was. It, it, and the story goes dark places. For It's a pixel game, for fuck's sure. sake, about like, you know, a girl with a wrench who uses a wrench and a blaster to kind of like, you know, shoot and crank her way through uh, different terrains. Um, man, it's it's so good. I, I, I would love for you. You played a little bit of it, yeah? I played a little bit. I should go back. And- the story gets fucking insane. Right. Um, just completely off the wall. And like, like, like I said, like really, really dark. Like some characters get killed or kill in really, really disturbing ways and... The whole, it's, it's, it's quite bleak in parts because it is like essentially like, you know, apocalypse times. Sure. And people have turned to religion for help, but the religion is actually like a cult called like the One Concern. Yeah. Which is a brilliant name for, for, for a cult. And um, I think the, the head is like mother or yeah, something. Yeah, and, and, and like it's all this other crazy shit like, uh, like this magical substance called ivory and you coat your bones with ivory and it can unleash... Secret super superpowers in 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 the right people, um, it's so good, man. Yeah, um, I highly recommend it. I think it's a must play. Iconoclasts. Um, it's a, it's well, a, we're in we're in the top five now. These yeah. are all technically must plays. It's a it's a it's a ten hour experience. The pixel art is among the best I've ever seen, um, and uh, like like the, the gameplay, combat, boss fights are all really really solid. But that story is just not something I've encountered yeah. in any other format before they completely left fielded you with it yeah definitely sweet you get like weirdly attached to certain characters and hope that horrible things don't happen to them like other characters and and then inevitably horrible things happen uh, to them you have to see no you have to see iconoclast my number four cool uh my number four is into the breach um go. we talked about it earlier uh if if you've skipped here um it just it blew me away how awesome the mechanic was like that's you know for like i've just gone from saying man i didn't give a shit about the story in the last game to being like i don't care that there was not much of a story in this game who are you yeah 
Um, it's just... It is one of the most rock-solid game mechanics I've ever seen. It's uh, developed by Subset Games, mm-hmm. who I think are a duo that just... They collaborate from wherever they are, wherever each of them is in the world. They previously gave us FTL. FTL. This is their second game. And right. like... To F- not- FTL is extremely popular too, uh, right? Yes. I've, it- I've never played it, but I've, to all intents and purposes, it's very popular and critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And for them to have come out with their second game and knocked it out of the park once more is amazing. Like, just just as a sheer, like, development, you know, d- uh, like, to develop two games that have been that popular and that critically acclaimed. Yeah. Amazing. For sure. Um yeah, it's just just that that pure fizz of cerebral pleasure as you pull off an excellent move, like an excellent turn, and either wipe out all your enemies or completely negate any of their their things, and it just buoys you up for the next turn, and like it can have a knock on effect, or if one thing goes wrong, suddenly you're like all your preparation, you're scrambling to like get back to not you know yeah i really want to get hooked on it i like one of my favorite like surprising game <clears throat> um like loves in recent times was mario plus rabbids kingdom battle sure which is a turn-based strategy game made by ubisoft featuring like the most despicable characters in the universe the rabbits teaming up with some of the best characters in the universe mario etc but it just being an incredible yeah like game made with so much love and yeah it was that like you know I just got so hooked on knowing which characters could do which moves and you string them all together and, you know, you wipe out all the enemies in before they even get one turn. Yeah. Because you just know the ins and outs of all the all the all the characters. But even even with this, it's knowing like I don't need like killing them is not the point. The point is just to stop what they're trying to do. Right. Killing them can just be a nice side effect of your move. But even if you finish the turn without damaging any of the insects, but all your skyscrapers are intact and all your mechs still have full health, amazing. Great. Like, perfect. Uh, yeah. So that's my number four. I look forward to playing more of it. Have you gotten close to, like, an end point of that game? No, or? I haven't. It's right. it's very difficult, and there's so many more indie games that I need to play to talk about <laughs> on this podcast. Um, so, number three. Number three, is it you Do first? I, I go first? Uh, Donut County. There you go, right? Yeah. Oh shit, I was uh, pretty wrong. By old mate Ben Esposito. In fact, I was I was more wrong than you've been. So yeah, I I think I know what your top two are now. <laughs> um, I just got the order fucked up. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, Donut County. We discussed it a bunch. For me, just that Trashopedia. Oh my god, loved the Trashopedia so much. Not even I like re- a game. I really played part I, of it, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the story of it. Sure, uh, being more into story. Um, as I am, I loved the way that it was presented very informally at the beginning in like chats. Yeah, you know, between two of the characters. Back, I reminded it a lot of like it's kind of like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force episode. Yeah, like it's not really a story; it just is a bunch of dialogue. Yeah, but it's very it's very strange dialogue, and I feel like the characters were fairly well written, particularly BK the raccoon, mm-hmm. um, who is almost he's the he's the um, master shake. Of, of that yeah. game like it's very easy to write a, a, a convincing rogue and he is among the best assholes there are yep um but yeah i just found strange twists like strange twists and turns a whole bunch of people sitting in a hole deep in the ground just talking about what the hell happened i liked the way it was presented um 
Yeah, Donut County. Great. Number three. So you've guessed my number two and my number one without telling anyone what they you, are. Yes. Can you guess my number three? Owlboy. No. Fuck. The Messenger. Oh, of course. The Messenger, yes. So you mentioned when you were talking about uh, Into the Breach how exciting it was, how impressive it is, sorry, that that's only their second game. Mm-hmm. For me, nothing is more impressive than Sabotage Studios' first game, The Messenger. Yeah. Uh, they're a Canadian studio, um, and they developed this uh, kind of ode to uh, Ninja Gaiden um, and early NES games that could have been like the greatest trick they ever pulled because midway through this game, after like you know a, quite a few hours, I think it's like, like the six or seven hour mark, mm-hmm. the game opens up and becomes a Metroidvania. It does. A 16-bit, and you're able to travel from... 8-bit to 16-bit um, and you know there's a graphical upgrade there's a music upgrade um, and you ha- you get upgrades yourself to moves you can do um, and you can yeah like, there, there are po- moments where like you know there are puzzles that you need to jump forward and back in time mm-hmm. um, and the time jump also in- increases the the bits yes or decreases the bits <clears throat> but you know of course they, they, that's the incredible hook of this game um, and they, they, they featured that in, in trailers for it. But imagine if you played The Messenger not knowing that that's what would happen yeah. midway through the game. And the way it's, the way it's presented is very amusing. It's, the whole game is like for a very serious situation that they're in. They, ha- they take a lot of time to inject humor in and make, I think this it, very, is the, this make is, it very personable. It's the funniest game I played this year. Um, and... Uh, the the shopkeeper is probably my yeah. favorite favorite character sure. uh, from 2018. Just 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 like he either you know, is helpful and tells you fun stories, or is just not helpful at all and yeah. makes jokes at your your expense. Um, only the only only the only thing I wish had more writing was all of the um, messages that display when you die. Yeah, that weird little demon tells you, and you die a lot. So you die a fucking to, ton in this yeah. game. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, this I knew I would enjoy this game, and I I loved 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 the first. The, I, I I thought, oh man, I can't wait for the sixteen bit part to happen. But yeah. I loved the eight bit journey to that point. In fact, I think that's like what I loved the most about the game. And the sixteen bit, it is a big shock. It is it becomes the pacing of the game changes dramatically. Yeah, and I took a break, and then I came back, and I loved the, my final hours with that game okay. too as I finished it. But. Um, another excellent soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if you go on uh, Apple Music or Spotify, you can get access to both the 8-bit and 16-bit versions oh, of the soundtrack. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm like, I'm so excited to see what this this studio does next. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it's to, if it's the sequel they hint at in at the end of the Messenger, or if it's something completely new, I'll be on board. This is a, a really exciting new studio. Again, another another game published by Devolver Digital, right? Yep. Um, who did so much great stuff last year. Yeah. <coughs> um, Anna Perner and Devolver. They're, they're, they're the goats for strong, sure. Strong, so strong. Fortunately, Nicholas's game is not showing up as much as I thought they would at the start of the year. But they had a good year too. Sure, of course. <coughs> All right, number two, Silver. Is it me first? And the Gimme Gimmies? <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's up there with my Alvaro Levine reference. Um, I I think can you like I know what your next two are based on the process of elimination. Do, uh, the funny thing is, I think... Is is number two of yours the messenger and number one Celeste? No. Right. Has it flipped? Nope. Are either of those in there? Yep. Celeste is in there? Yep. The messenger isn't? No. 
Oh, well, bummer. I didn't realize that, you, that would make your top ten. Can um, I can I guess your top two? Yeah, of course. Number two, Celeste. Number one, Hollow Knight. Of course, Hollow yep. Knight. Oh wait, so number two for you is Hollow Knight. Number one, Celeste. Yep. Yeah, right. Great. Awesome. We, we weirdly mirrored each other on this one. <laughs> Let's just talk about both games because obviously they're both in our top. Like, if our top twos consist of those two games, let's just dive in. Well, so I feel like we've the Hollow Knight is the game we've talked about the most oh on God. the podcast. We have, we have devoted a long time to Hollow Knight with good reason. It's fucking incredible. It's like I, it's a. It's a perfect. It's not a perfect game. It's a perfect game for me. Sure, it had that exploration element in like, spades. Okay, so my favorite kind of game is platformer. Of course, my favorite game thing is exploration. Yep, and this is the best exploration-based platform I've ever played. Of course, um, it, it. I got the same amount of joy that I got from playing Breath of the Wild and exploring this incredible, vast three D landscape that changed. In, you know, weather and yeah, yeah, at, yeah. At, with the Dynamic. night and stuff like that, I got the same amount of joy and fear and 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 just like insane sense of discovery from from exploring Hollow Knight. Yeah, and that brilliant like realization as the game opens itself up to you, as you realize how big this game is. You know, I still haven't, even though my my percentage is like a hundred and. 11% or something like that sure. I still haven't I've still got to get to 116 or whatever yeah. There's still more for me to do You need to I, get more mathematically impossible uh, You know The, the boss bosses in this the boss fights in this are, are insane They're not my favourite part of this game In fact sure. they're the thing that I'm probably the worst at um, Same But uh, I, I appreciated that it was like You know You have to fucking get good Yeah To, to beat these bosses And the, the rush of adrenaline that you get When you beat some of these fights it's just I've never had that in a video game before. It's um, and the sense of relief that you don't have to do that fight again. Yeah, totally. I've, I God knows some of those bosses I'd be on my thirtieth try and yeah. beat it and just be like triumphant, but at the same time like thank fuck I do not have to press restart on this again. Oh my god! But it had it has all the modern trappings that I want in a game, but. The game isn't artificially hard. The difficulty is there. It's an absolute. It's a profoundly difficult game sure. in parts. The you know, you needing to find a bench to save on, and if you don't save on it, you get sent back to the the one you saved. That it could be on yeah. the other side of the map if you yeah. die. You know the you lose all your all your money if mm. you die, and then you have to go and fight your soul. Yeah, to get it where back. where you died to get your money back, and on you also don't have your full health. If you don't haven't merged with your soul, so you have to fight your soul at a oh, handicap right. to get your money back. So, like you know, the, the amount of in those first few hours of playing that game, you you accrue quite a large amount of money and then lose it all. Yeah, on, I lost so geo. I think the currency is called. But, I lost so much geo. But by the end of that game, you don't give a fuck about geo oh, because you've bought everything exactly, yeah. and and it becomes so trivial to be collecting coins, but you still do it anyway because yeah. it was so important to you at some point in the game. Um, the lore of this... So, this is a game that doesn't really have a story, but if you look for it, there is one. Yes. Was that satisfying to you as, it, a, as a story freak? It is It is definitely fascinating to uncover more and more snippets of this civilization that has gone to ruin. Yeah. Like, to, and, to pick, and to meet the characters as well, to meet these, like... Some of them very nice, some of them honestly horribly insane. Um, just this big mixture of people. 
um, it's always fascinating to move through a space that has fallen from glory. Mm-hmm. There's more stories than like, I think if this, if the game was set during the peak of the, the kingdom of hollow nest, it would not be anywhere near as interesting as it is set during the racket ruin of the sure, same yeah. civilization. So there was definitely, yeah, there was definitely that, that story hook for me, but I think just the gameplay is whip tight. It's just so incredible. Just incredible. Tight, like, and with and- like, it's, it's easily the most satisfying Metroidvania I've ever played. That sense of... Because I almost hold it up against SteamWorld Dig 2, for instance, which is another Metroidvania that I played over the last year that I enjoyed. It probably would have been my favorite indie quite, game of 20, 2017. Quite a lot, sure. But I found with a lot of it, the jetpack, very useful. The jackhammer, I didn't use as much. Whereas every upgrade you get in, in Hollow Knight is... You need it absolutely crucial to exploring this world and not only that but on top of it being crucial it makes your movement through the world so much more efficient and easy and fun yeah 100 yeah. percent. and even and even funnily enough there were some instances where i hadn't gotten a particular upgrade that i needed to move through a space but i still managed to work out how to do it with the upgrades mm-hmm. i had like there's one upgrade that allows you to swim through acid lakes yes but i somehow managed to still navigate those areas through a combination of like air dashes and various other things um yeah it's i i dabbled with it on the pc when it first came out i fell in love with it on the switch um, coming back from PAX of all places, um, with, st- with your fucking sound down. Yeah, well, you're a monster. I am. That's that's my favorite soundtrack of the year too. Um, I I haven't finished it yet. I've I've knocked up against a couple of boss battles, but I think it's one of those games where I will come back to it soon, and that love for it will immediately blossom again. And it will probably be a case of I was tying myself up in knots butting my heads against these bosses too much. Now that I've had a bit of a holiday, I come back and I'll probably just breeze through those boss battles and continue yeah. moving through the story kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. What a game. Oh, fantastic. My number one. Of the, even though it's a, a, yeah, it is technically a 2017 game that I bought in 2017 Look, on my, on my the, computer. The Switch bought a lot of games that from the past. Yeah. Um, I have a whole subsection after Honorable Mentions, which is Hall of Fame, that, that, could, that like... I could have technically put any of these games on my list because they did come out on the Switch this yeah. year, but it's like they've graduated to they no longer get put on lists. They're they're you know they're in a pantheon of the gods essentially, which come which brings us to my Cel- number one, your number two, Celeste. Celeste. This is on paper. This is not a game that I should like. I remember you were almost scared of it when I was talking about it with you, like at the start of the year, because it's so like. Your your favorite game is platformer. Mine, like I I don't know what I would say is necessarily my my favorite of all genres. It probably moves around a bit. I love to see people experiment, in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but platformer, particularly like brutally difficult platformer, is not what I like. Sure, one hundred percent. But Celeste does it so well. Like so, in, he uh, Matt makes games did it, just nailed it. Yeah, like perfect for me. It was utterly frustrating to play at the best of times, <laughs> just because of the sheer difficulty as you moved more and more into the game. How fucking hard it became. But 
it was never unfair. It was always... It never taunted me. It just went, you know what to do. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay to fail because you're yeah. going to get it eventually. And and who was I? T- I was talking to uh, Dan Fletcher the other day who's just picked it up and has been playing it. A good friend. Good friend, Dan Fletcher. Um, and it made me realize, like he, like, he mentioned, oh, the immediate restart. Like, you die and boom, you're immediately back at the, the start su- of the level. Super Boy style. Ready, yeah. yeah. I feel like it would be almost unplayable if it didn't have that, but because it's got that, mm-hmm. it just is... It's so open to the concept of try. Keep try. It, it, it is difficult, but it is fair, and it invites you to keep working at it. Um, the graphics are fantastic. I think that's, that's something we didn't talk about with Hollow Knight, but graphically, Hollow Knight's oh, amazing as yeah, well. Absolutely, Hol- absolutely yeah, absolutely. Absolutely beautiful, particularly when it is, style it's all yeah. a very dark game, but then when the infection kind of takes hold and you've got these like glowing orange things everywhere, that's amazing as well. But like a, a Character not, design's fantastic. Not like Grease in the way that like, I, 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 never, I could never not see where I was in Hollow Knight. <gasps> yeah, it, yeah it, was all, it, was, it was definitely very defined, mm-hmm. except there were some areas that were intentionally dark. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you need an upgrade to get through that. Um, Celeste as well, I think, is it's very pixely, but it's done in a way that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, are, you know, for those of you who haven't experienced Celeste, the basic plot of the game is you are a a woman who is climbing a mountain because she's worried that she can't do it. Essentially, yeah, she needs to prove to herself that yeah. she can do this this feat of climbing this enormous mountain. Yeah, and which which leads to the kind of wider angle of the story which is battling your own self-doubt and anxiety and and because of the because of the properties of this mountain this woman's doubt and anxiety or self-doubt and anxiety are given a physical form almost that she battles with throughout battle the game battleline yeah um so because you're climbing a mountain it's more often than not grays and white for snow and whatnot but there are some absolute like the bit where you fall all the way down and you're just in that lush garden. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. You know, beautiful, beautiful, that point of it. The spooky hotel. The spooky hotel, yeah. yeah. The, the characters you run into along the way. Who are also suffering from their own inhibitions yeah. and problems. and Yeah. yeah. Um, the, your friend, but, Theodore, like one of the best characters of the year. Yeah. Who, or who talks about starting an Instagram account and his Instagram account exists. You can follow oh, really? him on Instagram. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. dope. I'll, I'll, I'll hit that up when I get back. But I think what really pushed this over the edge for me is just that story. Yeah. Just the, like, you were talking about it earlier. It It's so... Through so many abstracts, but so perfectly encapsulates that idea of anxiety and how it can affect your life and how it can completely fuck you over but the triumph of coming to terms and coming to peace with those kinds of feelings how you can depend on your friends um yeah like all, I, that, all that kind of stuff i hinted that earlier but like one of my biggest like failings is i struggle to understand things like anxiety sure. and, and depression i certainly did when i was younger I, mm. I never understood why my depressed friends couldn't just get over it yeah and not to the point where i would be rude to them about it but i would like you know i'd be as supportive as i could be but in my head i never understood it yeah and i think this you know it seems silly to say that this you know the game this this 8-bit game that i played as a 30 32 year old you know finally helped me understand it but it does do it it, it is it really really helpful representation of of the struggles that some people have and 
and what they need to, you know, either avoid or embrace to overcome them. And mm. I, I, I thought this is, this is like a this is a game that should be played in schools. Yeah, but mainly to teach hand-eye coordination and thumb <laughs> reflex. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it's so respectful of anxiety. It doesn't it doesn't really like. I never felt that it was poking fun at Madeline for being for having anxiety or no totally yeah of course not yeah um certainly personifying those feelings as Madeline as this separate character um you have to do that it's a video game it requires certain things um uh the you know stepping away from that for a moment just those like there's no boss there's no combat in it but there are boss battles to a certain extent, but the boss battles take the form of like you're being chased and you have to do a series of platforming, like a, a one and a half minute platforming segment perfectly. Yep. Um, which can be as frustrating as all the rest of the game. But then again, when you beat that, every when you beat every screen in, in um, when you beat every screen in Celeste, it is a lesser version of beating a boss in Hollow Knight. That feeling of, oh my God, I don't have to do that again. Yeah, totally, combined yeah. with, I am the greatest gamer that's ever walked the face of this earth. But you can also make this game nowhere near as hard as, 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 as it is. There, there's all these different modifiers that you mm. can play if you are a gamer with less experience in platforming. Someone just hates platforming. Yeah. You can make it, you can make it so even, you don't get hurt by spikes or so you, I think you they, jump higher, that you, have, like, you can give yourself an extra boost. Like you can you can really make this game a lot easier than it is. I think they even introduced some of those elements for people with physical disabilities, yeah, people yeah. who couldn't necessarily press buttons as quickly as they needed to, which is a really fucking cool thing for a developer. So awesome, to do. so great. Um, um, there's also a uh, a hidden Celeste game within it yes. that the developers made on the Pico Eight, the fantasy console that never existed. Um, which uh, is a which is a very nice little um. Nice little Easter egg. Yeah, I actually finished that too. I it was too hard for me. <laughs> I gave up on that. But yeah, I mean, there's so much more game in Celeste. That they, I feel like they were they were adding to it months after it got released because there's the B sides and there's the yeah. C sides. Yeah, I think there's further challenges on top of that. So and then there's the whole inside the mountain. That's right. Part of yeah, of course. Well. Yeah, 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 you have to like collect. There's there's another like because you collect strawberries throughout, and then there's another collectible yeah, yeah, totally. hidden somewhere in there, like. So there's a lot of de- there's a lot of depth if you're a if you're a completionist, but me, I got to the end and was like, cool, I'm done. Thank goodness. <laughs> My favorite this game, game of the year, and thank fuck, I never have yeah. to play it again. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that was that's the oldest small games top tens. Do you want to go through your top ten quickly? The start? Uh, the oh, from the from start one. Yeah, go for it. Um, from number one down. Ten down. Ten down. So ten, Yoku's Island Express. Nine, Guacamole Two. Eight, Garagoa. Seven, West of Loathing. Six, The Gardens Between. Five, Ashen. Four, Into the Breach. Three, Donut County. Two, Hollow Knight. And one, Celeste. Uh, for me, number 10, Donut County. Number nine, Minute. Number eight, The Gardens Between. Number seven, Wonder Song. Number six, Delta Rune, Chapter One. Number five, Yoku's Island Express. Number four, Iconoclasts. Number three, The Messenger. Number two, Celeste. And number one, Hollow Knight. Does I, I find it strangely amusing and satisfying that our top two are just yeah a was, flip of each I other. I wouldn't. Have, I completely forgot that you loved Celeste, and yeah. I didn't realize how deep into Hollow Knight you get. So that's that's I, for me. It was 
my brain, even though Hollow Knight's on my thing, my brain was like, Hollow Knight's from 2016 or whatever. Like, it's not on this list. Like, it's on my list. I'm an idiot. Um, you got honorable mentions? Uh, go through yours first. I have them elsewhere. I'm just going to... A lot of these have already been... Or a bunch of these have already been talked about. Um, Minute was on my Great. honorable mentions. Desert Child. Uh-huh. I think it was just such a strong showing at the end of the year. Oh, one other thing with Hollow Knight. Fucking Australian. Yeah, of course. Hell yeah. Um... Uh, Gris, Gr- Greece, Greece made my um, honorable mentions. Wonder Song, uh, Dead Cells. Uh-huh. I don't know if you spent any time with Dead Cells. I didn't spend enough time. That's one of my gaming regrets. Yeah, yeah. it's a plat- it's platforming roguelike mm-hmm. essentially. Um, very fun, very cool. I think a lot of people enjoyed Dead Cells. I think it was one of those games that got its start on PC and was popular on PC, but then really kind of came into its own on Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, a way out. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I thought play together, yeah. it was it was one of those. It's on my honorable mentions purely because it was a good experiment. It was a it was an interesting and necessary experiment for co op gaming. I thought sure. Um, the Messenger and Florence. Um, even though these games came to the Switch in 2018, I just felt like they didn't count. So Caro Blaster, okay, which is a much older game that came uh, came to the Switch this year that I loved, um, and Bastion. Um, as well, which is about ten years old or something at this point, seven years old or something like yep. that. I just, yeah, you know, I loved both those games, and I think they may be a bit too far out of the window sure. that you can really consider them a 2018 game. Um, I also did not play enough of um, Guacamelee Two, sure, um, of uh, Into the Breach, um, and uh, yeah, there's a few others on there that I could, I definitely wanted to put a bit more time into. Desert Child, um, Never Finished Transistor. Sure. Um, and sure. uh, I feel like there was a brilliant game in Moonlighter that neither of us found. Yeah. Because I've seen Moonlighter hit other people's game of the... Like, I think someone commented on Facebook or... Yeah, right. Well, actually, yeah. Um, before, we, before we, you've got some Hall well, of Famers. I've got, I've got one. And this plays into Bastion, but um, these are essentially games that are maybe older than 2017 that are just top-tier God-level games, I think. Um, Broforce... Yep. Came out on Switch in 2018. Bastion, Little Nightmares, Inside, and Firewatch. There you go. All of them got 2018. All like Firewatch, Inside, Little Nightmares have all been my number one game of the year in, in past years. Season. Yeah, right, sure. And that's just, it's one of those things where it's like, they all according, can- according to the rules, I could have used them this time, but yep. that's just fucking unfair. Yep, like, sure. it's unfair to 2018's games. Um, so uh, we've got a few other uh, uh, listeners who either tweeted or commented their top fives as well. So Aaron Rodriguez. Big shout out to Aaron. At Rod Upside Your Head on okay. Twitter. Said number one, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Actually, that itself should be a, an honorable mention for me. I really, really loved my sure. time with that. Really excited to the other blood, blood for the other Bloodstained game hopefully coming out this year. Um, Downwell. Okay. I've played that on mobile. Yeah, me too. Maybe um, was, he said it was new to Switch this year, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. there's maybe like maybe there's something more robust about it that I was missing. Yeah, well, so that guy who developed that actually then got a job at Nintendo, which he's just left to then concentrate on on his own projects again. So okay, who knows what's going on with that? Uh, Towerfall, uh, another older All game right. that came to Switch for the first time this year by Matt Makes Games. Yep, uh, another older one, Hyperlight Drifter. Ooh, um, love that game. Uh, which another one just came to that, Switch this year? That should have gotten a Hall of Fame as well. Yep, yeah. um, Hacky Zack. I don't know what that is. No idea. Um, and uh, then Adam at Renard underscore teach. Uh, number five for him is Mark of the Ninja. Okay. Um, number four, Fossil Hunters. 
Number three, Into the Breach. Number two, Yoku's Island Express. And number one, Hollow Knight. Okay. Um, and then I have another one open over here um, on our Facebook um, I was just heading there page, myself. Carlos, um, Carlos, Carlos said uh, number five, Slay the Spire. Came out in late 2017, but he didn't pick it up until 2018. Right. Uh, number four, Moonlighter. Number three, Donut County. Number two, Into the Breach. And number one, Celeste. Hell yeah. Um, Dylan says uh, he's a little late to the party, but number five was Stardew Valley. Number four was Flinthook. Fucking love that game. Uh, number three was Grease. Number two was Hollow Knight. And number one was Celeste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tyler um, says number five, Wonder Song. Number four, Florence. Number three, Into the Breach. And number one and two, uh, these fluctuate depending on his mood, Celeste and Hollow Knight. Damn straight. So very similar taste to ours. Uh, funny that they find this podcast an interesting one to keep listening to. Um, we have some emails to get to Yay. as well. This is probably going to be the longest episode we've ever done. And Hell yeah. You know, it's fun. You're not getting one think, until the end of February, so think suck of, it up. Think of this as our Christmas gift to you. Totally. Listeners. Um, so we have three emails to get through here. Uh, a quick one from Andrew first, uh, who says, Hey guys, Andrew from Colorado here. Love the podcast and the game recommendations. I couldn't help but notice that neither of you had played Banner Saga when its name came up. I know Levin's mentioned having a lot of strategy games to play already, but I really can't recommend this trilogy enough. It's a strategy RPG slash visual novel hybrid with a mild resource management element as well. I think the story and art are fantastic, and I would recommend you play without looking up much about it. The decisions you make drastically change the story and usually result in killing off a teammate or two, which makes them feel really meaningful and really made me think about them. Also, these decisions carry over into the next game. I love it when games do shit like that. New Game Plus, always great. Um, I hope you guys check it out. Also, I went to PAX West back in September, and the one game that was hidden in the back corner that I ended up really loving was a game called World of Horror. It's a black and white retro-looking cosmic horror RPG that I fell in love with. doesn't sound like either of you got to see it, so here's the website for it, which is wohgame.com. Cool. If you want to check out a game called World of Horror. Interesting. So thank you, Andrew, for the email. Banner Saga is certainly something that I know is would appeal to me. Just it just <laughs> Here's my question. Is Banner Saga on Switch? It is. Cool. All right. I will give it a try. There's three of them. Oh. Yeah. Should I do I need to start with number one? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like you said, like the what the decisions you make in the first game oh, carry on to the second okay. and third games. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. So it's like Mass Effect almost. Yeah, totally. It is totally something that is it is on my radar, just you know. Yeah, so, I've so. definitely I've seen I've seen a bunch about it. Hold on. Let me just let me. I'm gonna. See. I'm going to, uh, to put on my watch list on Switch, and uh, if I'll, I'll check it throughout the year, and if it ever gets reduced, I'll pick it up. Um, so we hold got- the phone, baby. It's on iOS. Okay, right. I'll be, pl- be playing number one. On- John's got a new phone game, everybody. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Jared comes through with a game suggestion. Hey, guys, it's Jared again. Thanks for the answer to the last question. This time, I'm giving you a heads up about a fun little party game that's basically just Snake, but rad. It's called Astro Bears, and it's great to play with friends. I wasted a couple of hours on it this holiday with my family. Hope I make it into this month's episode because I was able to pick it up for only 49 cents Hot damn. on Switch. And I hope you can too, and let me know what you think. I saw it on Switch last night. I think it's like a dollar twenty-five in Australia. Oh, man, um, oh, yeah, no, they're just robbing us. Yeah. Um, it, you, you, and can play with four players, and you, you are kind of like moving around a sphere that represents a planet. Okay, um, and you can only bounce on certain areas, and you can kind of lock people out like Snake could. Okay, sure. Yeah, it, look, it looks cool. Right, it looks cool. I don't love the art style at all, but the gameplay actually looked pretty fun. Sure, okay. I might pick it up for we've you, got Jared. To, we've got to work out 
this year when we do our multiplayer games yeah, episode. Yeah, co-op game. Yeah. yeah, episode. That'd be great fun. Uh, finally, Aaron sends us an email. It says, new listener here, Aaron. Hi, hey guys. Aaron. Hey, guys. Been loving the podcast, especially as I drive for work. Um, I hope you dri- have to drive somewhere two and a half hours away yeah. today, Aaron. Um, you guys totally sold me on Hollow Knight. I'm glad we were able to do that again today. Yeah. Uh, one, super late to the channel, so I want to go back to 2017 for a sec. Cool. Shovel Knight, Spectre of Torment is probably my fa- favorite platformer ever. One of the best of all time, in my opinion. Any thoughts? Uh, Aaron, I actually considered making that an honorable mention. Oh, really? Uh, because I played that, even though it came out in 2017, I played that for the first time. At the start of 20, the year, Right. I finally I, I went back and I played Shovel Knight all the way to, to completion, and then I went straight into uh, the, the, uh, the, the the first DLC. That plague. Was the, the plague one, yeah. Plague and, and I, I didn't like the change up in gameplay style for that, but Spectre of Torment, I think, is better than Shovel Knight itself. Damn. Um, just the way he, he moves... He, he's, he's so fucking cool. Such a great character to, 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 to play as. Um, and again, a brilliant soundtrack. And you're, kind of, you're revisiting the levels. They're all revamped. And then I loved the story elements in Spectre of Torment. So yeah, man, one of my favorite games too. Um, he also asked, what's your favorite plot f- platformer? Top three. <laughs> Fuck. Aaron, you son of a bitch. Why would you do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> um... Mario. All right, Aaron. I hope, you, I hope you've got another three hours to drive somewhere. <laughs> Mario World, Super Mario World. Well, that's the, the SNES one. Sure. Um, where you first get Yoshi. Um, probably Hollow Knight. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then uh, Rayman Legends. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Interesting. Um, number two. Have you played Samurai Gun? No. No. Roof Rage. No. no. Super Fighter Deluxe? No. no. Rivals of Aether? No. no. 1001 Spikes? I just bought that for Vita. Um, it's a Metroidvania. <laughs> <laughs> that was published by Nicholas. Another so shock. Another ex- shock, guys. He ex- must be trashed. Extremely, extremely uh, up my alley. And uh, Downwell. Another shout out for Downwell this right. week. Yeah, we both played it on phone. But um, yeah. I, have it, I have it on Vita. I may want to play the Vita version. Maybe it's yeah. more appealing. Let, let me let me down know. well is like you play as like a dude and you're going down. You're falling down a well, and, and you, you can like, like you can shoot downwards. You shoot I think. downwards, yeah, yeah. And I think you can use your downward shooting to hover. That's right. At various points, but you already could use it for a finite amount of time. Yeah, of course. And you have to like wait for it to load up again while avoiding enemies. It's yeah. fun. It's black and white, very yeah. simple kind of style. Cool games. Yeah, I haven't heard of any of the other ones though. Maybe I'll try and check look, look those up. Sure. Um, he says, "Have a great week, A Rod." Hey, Rod. He says, new listener here, Aaron. And then by the end of the email, he expects us to know him on a nickname basis. I was going to say, is A Rod different from Aaron? Are there two new listeners in this (laughs) this email? How many more listeners you got in there? Uh, So thank you so much for everyone uh, who sent an email this month. We love hearing from everybody. All the small games at gmail.com is how you get in touch, or you can follow us on Twitter at all the small game or at facebook.com slash all the small games. Um, anything you're looking forward to playing in the next month, John? Um, we're coming. We're we're in. F- we're back in Feb, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're going to come back at the end of Feb. Yeah, I think Untitled Goose Game. When's that release? Really? I think that is like a Feb release, doesn't it? Holy shit, that's crazy. If it is, yeah, that's like that's Untitled Goose Game and Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition are like the two games that have got me incandescently stoked. For Just says coming coming in 2019. Fuck, I swear I've seen somewhere it said anything. Anyway, um. What is on the radar? I, I swung through the coming soon section of uh, the, e, the, the eShop 
the other day, and there's nothing that's really ringing my bell. Yeah, I'm actually quite enjoying that. That's a bit. It, it, yeah, it, it's, it's nice to have. It's some, quarter one, 2019. Is for Gun Goose Game. Um, it's nice to have some breathing room to catch up on some bits and pieces. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, what about you? Well, I just Anything? bought. I just bought PSVR. Sure. And, and with that, I got um, Astrobot. Yep. Astro- um, which is one of every, lots of people Astro like. Astrobot Go. Um, what's it called? Astrobot Rescue. Astrobot Rescue. Yeah. Um, which is like which a, a is lot- not affiliated with the people that make Venture Brothers. No, sadly. Um, so I got that. And I also got um, uh, Moss, which okay, is another, yep, uh, another kind of that's another three D platformer that you kind of view as opposed to control yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I've got Tetris Effect. Sure. Um, and super hot. Super hot. Nice. VR, I got that as well. So I'm going to try and give those a go before we record next. And uh, if you have any uh, VR recommendations, I would love to hear them. I don't know many people that have VR. Yeah, um, I have none for you. Um, Apart but, from super hot, and you've got that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm fucking keen to get in there though. Um, yeah, it, it looks, sounds like it's going to be heaps of fun. Yeah. Um, now they've worked out a way to develop games that won't make me sick. It's oh, really cool. exciting. <laughs> They make, you, they make you sick for all the right reasons. That's right, very true. Um, anyway, until February, everybody, thank you so yeah. much for listening to all the small games. You can find John online at 16tacos on Twitter and Instagram. I am at levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Of course, I have some other podcasts if you want to check them out. Hey Fam is probably the closest one to this one. Um, that comes out twice a week now. Dang. Go check that out. Um, and uh, I hope you play lots of games. Yeah. Keep playing. Keep jumping on and telling us what you've been playing. We always love to hear. It's um, great. I got to, I, I, while I was DJing, I managed to play five different Blink-182 songs over the course of four nights uh, to, at a festival where I had to play like, like the shortest set I did was five hours. Damn. Um, and so you, the one of the nights is like a nine hour set where I'm the only stage. So you just have to kind of just play like main stage festival shit the whole time. Sure. And thank God Blink-182 exists because it's the best change up. But I've, I still haven't played all the small things. Right. Okay, I was, I mean, I'm like, I, how is this getting back to our podcast? No, if I do, I'll, I'll be like, oh, the small, and then I'll see like games. Yeah, nice. And then everyone will be like, oh, whatever that is, I'm subscribing. Except A-Rod, who was in the crowd, and he's like, woohoo, I'm long time listener. listener. Bro, we're friends. Yeah. You know my nickname. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next month. Bye, guys. decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial. 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.